Today on the Little Dum Dum Club, a brand new episode with guests Charlie Clawson and Will Anderson from TOFOP. We have live dates around the country. If you would like to come and see us, Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, head to littledumdumclub.com. You can get your tickets there. You can get your merch there. You can sign up to our Patreon there and support the show and get bonus episodes every week. We will talk to you more about that at the end of the episode in Talking Dum Dum. But until then, enjoy this great new episode with TOFOP's Charlie Clawson and Will Anderson. Hey mates, welcome once again into the Little Dum Dum Club for another week Thank you very much for joining us My name is Tommy Dasselow and with me as always is the other half of the program, Carl Chandler G'day dickhead We are back on Zoom, we are in the Melbourne lockdown and we are using this opportunity to bring you a podcast Crossover for the ages. Please welcome into the Little Dumb Club, Will Anderson and Charlie Clawson. Yay! From TOFOP. From TOFOP. <laughs> context, Tommy. Come on, mate. Thank you very much, mate. I, I, I appreciate you patronisingly jamming that plug in at the end of it. From TOFOP. Yes. The Could you please mention the least successful thing Charlie or I have ever done. Could you please mention that thing? Not the fact that he is a well-respected actor who's been on many TV shows around Australia, that I have my own TV shows and successful comedy career, but I'd like to always mm-hmm. be introduced, Charlie, onto this podcast as a Little Dum Dum Club Patreon subscriber. So, uh, Yes, yes. Right, right. Sorry, and, let me reboot and, the plug. Okay, Patreon subscriber Will Anderson and Blue Heel is his very own Charlie Corbett. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, there's, there's there, yeah. heaven... Heaven forbid us us introing you as from TOFOP, a thing that is still bigger than the thing that we are doing now and the biggest thing we've ever done. I don't know if that's true. Will and I often talk about this because I like to – whenever we have to do any kind of like press before a show or like a live show, I always have to write the blurb and I'm always like, how do I – market the show and so I always say it's Australia's number one independent comedy podcast and Will's pulled me up on it going no, I think Dum Dum Club's probably the number one independent comedy podcast oh I would love that if you put that in the blurb from now on the number two <laughs> comedy podcast in Australia behind little Dum Dum Club if you could just if you could just do that for us yeah like, well I don't is, think that's true I don't I, think it's well, true well I think TOEFOP is one of those things that it's been very nice that people have stuck with it yeah. and the people who like it like it a lot. But there's not a lot of new people signing up to TOEFOP these days. <laughs> it's very much, right. you know, like we, yeah, they have those sort of you know, wings of the internet. I feel like TOEFOP at any point could pivot to just being its own secret bit of the internet where some real Pete Evans stuff is taking place. Right. Oh, right, right. Like a dark web podcast. Yeah. yeah like yeah, a, a dark Silk Road pod. podcast. Yeah. Dark it's pod. almost its yeah. own genre, like the Grateful Dead fans. Like those, the Grateful Dead fans <laughs> love the Grateful Dead and not many <laughs> other genres of music. And I think TOEFOP yeah. fans, podcasting yeah. is TOEFOP and that's kind of it. We, we actually call our fans deadheads as well, but it's nothing to do with the Grateful Dead or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> Ice addictions. And like the members of the Grateful Dead towards the end kind of resented being in the Grateful Dead and the fan base that they had cultivated. So is there any, uh, yeah, is there any similarity there? Or um, Well, this is the one thing that Charlie and I have definitely discussed because it becomes a point with podcasting where – You've got to decide to end it yourself. Mm. You've got to go to some government commission <laughs> and say, I am done with this. Could you please you have to go to the put podcast me Westgate. Yeah. out of yeah. our misery? Like, could we please? That makes sense why we joke about suicide so much on here because – yeah, it's like it's it's all it's all we know. It's the only way the podcast is going to end. It's actually 
It's actually very apt. I think one day it is going to be like of mice or men style yeah. with Charlie and I. One of us is going to take the other out to a panic yeah. and just kind of <laughs> let us wander off. Well, we have an episode called Until We Die where we spent the majority of the episode like speculating how does it end and we just could not conceive of a, a, a way other than like Will says of mice and men or just a tragic heart attack and we just hope that happens live on air while we're recording like if one of us is going to have a stroke or a heart right. attack a we want to be recording when it happens we, we've got we've got the same thing with uh, me and Tommy we, we just think the only way out of this is to one of us get more <laughs> successful and again we can't really conceive of that happening so yeah, so yeah. yeah we're both pretty happy but we're sort of more of a chance of killing ourselves at this point even though we're yeah. both like Doing fine. <laughs> I mean, Charlie and I have ridden some waves over the years. We had to stop doing the show for a while because Charlie was on Home and Away and they were a bit worried yes. about being on a fan, family show like Home and Away mm. and also doing our podcast. And, like, both of us have ridden, like, times where we've been successful, where we've, like, you know, things have fallen apart for us. Like, we've been on a real journey of highs and lows and I've been listening to yeah. you guys for almost the exact same time and it's just been the same shit. <laughs> Over and over, yeah. like Groundhog Day. Yeah, consistent, like lower mid for ten years. Yeah, yeah. It's you know what, and you you say that about you know you you don't get a lot of new subscribers. I feel like when we go to our our live shows, it's the we're, we've been seeing the same faces for ten years, and it's almost like they keep turning up just in case something different mm. happens. And they're like, fuck, we don't want to, we don't want to miss out the time when something actually changes. But yeah. unfortunately, it hasn't happened, oh, guys. Do you, on them, do you ever have will. anyone, like occasionally, very occasionally, I'll get someone come up to me in the street and say like, hey, you know, I love Tofop. And I'm always shocked. Like a shock that A, we have people who like listen to it. But B, that someone would want to come up and, and let me know. Like we always think it's, it's like a, a kind of dirty secret. Like whenever people tell us they listen to Tofop with their partners, I'm like, what kind of fucked up relationship is that where you guys like to chill out of an evening? Yeah. You put I don't want to kink on. shame you, but gross. Yeah, Disgusting. That is real Not gross. even my, my wife yeah. listens to Tofop. She fucking hates it. I can't imagine what other yeah. like couples are doing. Oh, well, you know what? You know what's started happening with me is this is a new thing. We've, we actually we're talking about not getting new listeners. I have, I've actually got a new listener for this show. And, and a shout out to the new listener. Um, my wife's... Mum oh. has started listening to the show. Oh Acc- no! Ac- <laughs> yes, accidentally. <laughs> so what happened is that um, my wife gave my uh, uh, mother-in-law her iPhone, her old <laughs> iPhone, and so she's like, okay. you know, trying to sort of deal with an iPhone, having not really used one before, and she's still got like the the podcast app on it that my <laughs> wife has for some reason subscribed to our podcast without even ever listening to it. Well, so your, she's kind your of, wife, Carl, <laughs> as we should. Uh, Obviously, don't say her name, but as we should refer yes. to her from now on, your soon-to-be ex-wife. Uh, <laughs> what was she thinking? I think that it's. I think that uh, don't say her name is that one listener that makes us more popular than Tofop. I think that's. I think <laughs> that's right. that's the one that puts us into the top slot. So shout right. out to her. Yeah, she's the tiebreaker. So yeah. um, now my mother-in-law, because she's like tackling the iPhone. This, uh, these updates keep coming up every week and she thinks it's almost like a to-do list. So she's like, oh, the phone's telling me I have to listen to this podcast. So she's been – she started oh, listening no. to it and she started oh, no. listening at a really bad time in the show where it's been two or oh, three episodes sometime between the start and the finish of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
No, she's st- she's honestly started listening just as I started describing the whole um, drama of the upstairs dog pissing all over the balcony and it leaking down into our house. I've yep. been talking about that for like three weeks in a row, and so she's been hearing all about that and and texting her daughter, my wife, and going, what, what, what's happening with this dog? You know, have you, have, you, have you plugged up the ceiling yet or what's going on? And then she started almost, she started doing this thing where she's listening to it in the, in the family home, like, like it's the olden days around the, around the wireless, like it's the 1930s, like it's the like Sullivan's the or something. Set. So they're right. all listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, now now my, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, and then my sisters-in-law have been like gathering around the iPod in the kitchen and listening to the stories of dogs pissing on me. This is, this is my worst nightmare. I, yeah. I would not be able to handle my partner's family tuning into this en yeah. masse. That it's is... Like, I, I was going off and stuff. I was going and dropping off my child, you know, for like uh, when they wanted to, to see her, and she. I was just getting questions and questions about the dogs mm. pissing on us from upstairs, and me going, "What's the context happening here? Why would she know about this? What What's happening here?" And then she's, <laughs> and then she starts telling, like, "Don't say no, my wife's just don't say, oh." It, like what's going on? Carl's so funny on the podcast, and then he comes around here, and it's not really like that. It's like, it's, uh... well, I've, I've, uh, I've yes. had a similar uh, dilemma where um, oh. we told a story a couple months back about I've moved into a new place and got new neighbours, and um, one night I stole their dog. They were away, yeah. and the dog wouldn't stop barking. And my solution was to climb their fence, grab the dog, and bring it into my house, and. Since oh, okay. then, um, okay. you know, I not We hadn't met them. They just moved in and we stole the dog. But since then, we've become mm. quite had not met them, Carl, <laughs> and climbed over the fence and stole their liberated dog. Liberated the dog. Uh, the dog was right. a solution to your problem. I cannot believe you have not conveyance yet. Look, the idea that you <laughs> yeah. might climb upstairs, steal the dog, <laughs> oh, yeah. and kidnap the yeah. dog seems to be yeah, the, the first thing out. that you would have thought of. <laughs> But the issue for me now is that yeah. we've got to know them quite well. You know, um, we're, we're away at the moment. They're bringing bins for us, keeping an eye on the house. And I've been talking to them and, and they've been asking what I do. And at the moment, not a lot of acting, but quite a bit of podcasting. And I made the mistake of saying, oh, I do a, a couple of podcasts. And they've said, oh, what are the podcasts called? And as, uh, and as I started saying Tofop, I'm like, oh, fuck. What are the odds that they actually start listening and they make it through? Because I don't name. I, oh. There's nothing specific about where they live or the type of people they are. But... It is an entire story about me stealing their dog, you know, which we've got a few yes. episodes worth of mileage out of. And, and it's yeah. like, if you're saying, I stole my neighbour's dog, and it's like, well, it's out of us and the one on the left yeah. side of Charlie's house. So it's, a, it's pretty good odds this is about us. Also, remember that time where that guy came back with the dog and said he'd rescued the dog? I, I think he actually <laughs> stole the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's such a great thing for your mother-in-law to have heard, Carl, because it's like it's the perfect storm where it's a disgusting story, so it's you being like cr- quite crude in the telling of it, but also as people who listen to the whole arc will know, it's you kind of fundamentally failing in taking care <laughs> of the problem. So she's hearing that and she's like, this this guy, this my daughter's husband just – cannot get things done like you were going yeah. up there and this guy was pissing all over you by the end of it I kn- so yeah. that's, I know what that's so- not the kind of impression you know what? mother-in-law i know what either. you're saying tommy but i'm i'm hearing a different part of this story i'm hearing the bit where she she said 
you're super funny on the podcast, but you're boring yeah. as batshit when you come around yeah. here. And I just think you're serving up the wrong material to grandma. Like, this is yeah, her opportunity. Like, she loves the blue shit. Yes. You're, you're going around, yeah. you're on your best behavior. Yeah. You're like, yes, she please. She wants Carl Chandler what's going on? Dark. Yeah, yeah. Look, now that she's a fan of the show, now that she's aware, yeah. I can go around with all the in-jokes. I can go around and say, hey, Ma-in-law, why don't you jump off the West Gate? Hey, what about yep. let's me and you go off to Kosamui? Hey, got him, all, all this sort of stuff, and she's going to fucking love it. Yeah, you know what yeah, she's going to get I, for I Christmas? Was... Merch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh. I was going to suggest a live live show at the uh, live show at the in laws' house, just so she can finally, you know, she can bring that together. She can have like oh. a positive Carl oh, Chandler yes. interaction oh, in her living look, room. That, she's an Italian um, grandmother, so it will be fully catered. It will. She will oh. absolutely love it. She will um, actually <laughs> fuck. Actually, there's there's probably some mentions of of uh, things I have to go back and delete now. That you I, know what? I'm you know what I would like as well. Things I've said in the last ten years. If you did a live show from her house, like all the pictures she has of "Don't Say Our Name," you'd have to blur them out. A current affair oh, style. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and finally take the plastic off the couch in the room that we're not allowed to go in. Oh uh, no! For your fans, keep yeah. the plastic on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just realised she's probably listening to this right now. So, um, g'day, yeah. uh, g'day, Mrs. Don't Go, Say Her Name Senior. Don't Say Her Name um, Senior. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it. Yep. Hope you're enjoying this one so far. We've got, uh, yep. we got a big fish. We've got two big fish. We've got Will Anderson, Charlie Clawson. Hope this is... Uh, Hope this one's doing it for you. you know, She'll know. She, uh, she might know Charlie from. I don't think Home and Away gets a, a big run in the household out there, but it's you know um, they're over seventy. It, it'd be glued onto the ABC, so they'll know Will. They'll know Will from the Gruen transfer and stuff like that. So that, this is something. It, you know what? Yeah, it'd be great if it was the opposite. She was like, oh, you know what? I didn't even know you had a podcast. I've been listening to Tofop for years. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shit about the guy stealing the dog was amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like this week's episode, Carl, but I've heard that dog story before because I'm, I'm, I'm a big Tofop fan. If you could just edit that out. Um, so that that's what's been happening the last couple of weeks. And then, so this is this is the, this is the thing I've got to remember when we do big things like with our podcast, like we go to Kosamui, we have big shows, and 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 good things happen to us. I really have to grasp onto them because it feels like there's a lot more of the other side of things happening. Because so that's been happening the last couple of weeks, and then last week. I um I changed accountants and so I went to my new accountant and uh, it had been advised that I go there for uh, other people other people I know use them so I went there and I'm trying to explain how my earnings work during the year and I'm trying to explain you know in the world of arts world of comedy it's you know it's a little mm-hmm. bit different to everyone else so then I'm like tr- I've been trying to explain for yeah. ten so minutes you're you're about just running pod- you're trying to just run them through the basics of you know comedy economics which is so mate you've got to imagine you have a mattress now under that mattress instead of the base there's a whole bunch <laughs> yeah. of cash <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> Yeah, and do I have to declare these pesos, these New Zealand dollars, this baht, most of the stuff I get at the door at Spleen, I don't have to declare that, do I? Um, so I'm I'm running him through like 10 minutes of like how a podcast works and how Patreon works and all this sort of stuff. And and then it gets to the end and, and about live shows and then I say, oh, and we and also we did some Zoom stuff in lockdown. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, right, 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 like the grub. Like the uh, the Grubs oh, one was wow. great in lockdown, and um, okay. oh, like um, like Cody's podcast, um, mid flight, um, 
uh, Midflight Brawl. And all of a sudden, yeah, right. he knows every podcast except for our one. I'm like, so, fucking hell. So he's very much au fait with this for the entire yes. time you've been talking. Yes, But he's absolutely. just let you go on with this demented explanation yeah. of how As, podcasting works. That's fine. But what I don't like is how, how he knew every podcast except for <laughs> right. ours. And I'm like, and he's like going, oh, like this one. I'm like, no, cunt. They're like us. <laughs> We're bigger than them. You liken them to us. Don't liken us to them. I said, and I started saying, how many Patreon subscribers, how many? How much money's going through the books of those two podcasts? I reckon we've got more combined, okay? I, so enough okay, with the comparing us to them. Here is what has happened. 100% this is what has happened. So you've been recommended this account by other people. I imagine other people in the entertainment industry. And one of them knows you, knows you're going to this account and says, here's what you've got to do. <laughs> when he gets to podcasts, I know you love podcasts. You're yeah. always telling me about the grub and you go to see Josh Ell's <laughs> podcast live all the time. Like you're right across podcasts. But this will be so much fun. Just pretend yeah. you don't know what a podcast yeah. is and then reveal Fuck. you do and watch what happens next. Please film it. Yeah, Just yeah. send it to my yeah. WhatsApp group. Please film it. Yeah. Yeah. How far well, in would- did you did you get through to any did he mention any podcasts that you've been a guest on? Because that's devastating. It's like He's heard you. He's heard you give a plug for the little dum-dum and thought, ah, not for me. i got plenty of this guy on this one episode. Well, let, let's put it this way. Once he brought up two examples, I was like, no, that'll do here. I'm, I'm going to set the record straight. So I'm not going to sit there and let him go all day and go through A to Z whilst looking over the L of local podcasts. Yeah. Carl, I, I think I've got yeah. a worse story than that. I, when I was uh, still living in Sydney, I was renting an office space, a desk. Like I had a hot desk in this uh, design studio. And uh, Will and I, we recorded a few episodes in there. We sh- filmed a bunch of stuff. And after Will left, she was like, ah, oh. she's like, that's Will Anderson. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh, I love all these podcasts, Tofot, philosophy. And I'm like, yeah, Tofot, stop. I said, Tofot with Will Anderson and, and she's like, and how- <laughs> oh, that's you. I've been working there for a year, oh. a year. And she'd seen my spin oh, wow. She had not put it together. It wasn't until the star power of Will Anderson, like, like just sauntered, sauntered, sauntered into the studio that she's like, oh, I get it. I get it. You're that Charlie Clawson. Yeah, yeah, he sauntered in, but whereas you were literally yeah, a saute yeah. rather than the oh, saute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a this is a wild move in a co working space. Just bringing the zoom in and cranking out a pod while there's like twenty other desks around you. It was a power move. That's a rich move. It's six thirty at night. I've sent my wife and infant out of the house so we can do this properly, and you're just okay. whacking in the middle of someone's. Work it was day. a little awkward when they were yeah, leaving. Because buddy, will end. Anderson's there. This is like a great event for them. This is a good story to tell their friends at their next dinner party. This is a very cheap I was, corporate. I was cheap corporate yeah, normally it costs you 10 grand minimum and I'm not hosting for less than 15. But anyway. <laughs> so yeah, Charlie, great to have you yep. on the show for the first time. Uh, you, We heard recently that you were um, you were talking on TOEFOP about how you, you wanted to be on yep. the show. Um, I, I think teeing off was the language that was yeah. used. <laughs> we've we've heard we've heard a bit about this. This has got back to us a lot, and I'm like, I, I felt a bit guilty, but then I was like, to be fair, we've never been invited down to Summer Bay to be a character <laughs> or anything like that. Like it's it's never happened the other way around. Oh, wouldn't so. it be great if like you guys rocked up at the surf club and it was revealed you were both uh, elves. Uh, illegitimate children and you'd been yes. sent away with your respective mothers Alfred had been like Jack Thompson style living with two sisters had a baby yeah. with each and you were the, the baby we 
I reckon me and Tommy have got Yabby Creek written all over us. Oh, yeah. we're, oh we're big time. Like the wrong yeah. side of the river, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. would be... If yeah. I was ever, ever going to be on that show, I'd have to, I'd have to insist that I'd be... Yeah, some some blow in from Yabby Creek. I don't you're, want to be a you, Summer Bay original. Yeah, but yeah, but you're not like what were the what were the gang called that have the tats river on boys. the on their chest like the, the, river, the boys. river boys. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. so this oh, is think, what's happening. It's the Home and Away Podcast Festival. It's the Summer Bay yeah. Podcast Festival. It's very oh, yes. Koh Samui, but in Australia, it can't <laughs> yes. travel yeah. right. So the yes. Summer Bay Podcast Festival. It's all the hottest. Um, you know, podcasts in, uh, you know, some of Bay. Alf has like, like a real so it's, Joe it's Rogan style. The Grub uh, and like, like, like the Grub and, <laughs> like, <the grub laughs> like um, Mid Flight Brawl and all the big ones yeah. that accountants listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, Irene's got some sort of Annabelle Crab, you know, Lee Sales style operation running. Like right. everyone in town, the River Boys have got one. Like it's a whole <laughs> thing that's going on. And you guys are the hottest podcasters from Yabby Creek. And you come into yes. town for the big Summer Bay podcast how, festival. How meta are we yeah. going? Because am I in it as my character and also Tofop's oh, Charlie Clawson? Yes. Like, yes. is it one of those you do things that old, where we you do, do that old, old 80s thing where split you have screen. a split screen and all of a sudden you yeah. come up to where each other myself? and you go, <laughs> yes, absolutely. 100%. I love this. I did actually yeah. try and yeah. get Will on at, once, uh, at one point um, – uh, when my character got married and they were planning like the, I don't know, the, the Bucks Day episode or whatever. And I said to the producers, oh, Will would really love to come on and just be like an extra in the Bucks Day scene. Oh, yes. And they were like quite keen about it, but it never happened. So I don't know, like, if it was, if we couldn't get Will on as an extra in the Bucks Day scene, I don't know how we'd go getting, you know, like... How did they not let that happen? Oh, I just think, no, uh, I think it was one of those things everyone was enthusiastic about but just didn't work out for whatever reason. But right. uh, my favourite thing about that was I've already previously been on Home and Away. I was on Home you and Away be a recurring Charlie character. Home and Away. <laughs> and that's what I like oh, to what? think. So I was in three episodes of Home and Away. So I was an extra in the, um, in the diner on Home and Away. And they basically the way they shoot it, they shoot all the diner scenes in – in one so like it might be a week's worth of like storylines but they they shoot them all in the one location so i got to be an extra in three episodes so three different costumes and whatever and if you if you want to define the look that i was rocking very rad dad like a hundred percent from the rad dad wardrobe like big like fluorescent okanui shorts and then like you know hawaiian shirts like clashing like right you know probably could have pulled it off in a hipster way now but not at the time at absolutely at all it was like real like let's secretly put a sex offender in the background of this scene how's the 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 hair looking back then bit of of frosted tips or what was happening caramel tips Bit of red there would, I mean, it's hard for me to define the eras. There were a lot of bad choices going on. I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. <laughs> I thought a lot of things were good ideas at Revolver at three o'clock in the morning on Saturday night. Because <laughs> Home and Away has been on for so long. I wonder what the record is for number of like different roles that one actor has done yeah. on that show. Because, yeah. Ch- Charlie, you're part of an elite group of people who... You're in Blue Healers twice, playing yeah. two separate characters, right? You oh, had been on yeah, for well, one ep before you got the before yeah, you got but cast that as was, one of the leads. That was a yeah. That that I'm more of an. I'm not. I don't think I'm actually even visible. That that was my first ever acting job, apart from commercials. Was I got cast as a grave digger on Blue Healers, <laughs> and uh, I turned no, up. No name, just a grave digger. Just grave digger, and I turned up because right. uh, I think um, the the Mount Thomas PD were exhuming a body to you know uh, check dental records or something. 
And right. uh, when I turned it'd, up... It'd be a pretty big cemetery there at Mount Thomas, surely. Oh, yeah, man. It's a murder the capital of the Australia. Australia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The grave digger's yeah. probably bigger than the police force in that town. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's probably the biggest industry in well, when Mount I, Thomas, when I, actually. When I turned, when I turned it's up, weird there when was... you drive in and you're like, what's the biggest industry here? Grave digging. We have got Australia's <laughs> biggest graveyard. It's a tourist attraction. Like, you know what? Okay. Yeah, we get a lot of tourists here. They don't. A lot of them don't leave, yeah. but we do get a lot of tourists here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I turned up, there was a, there was another actor there, and I said, um, "Oh, so what are you playing?" He said, "Oh, I'm the grave digger," and I was like, "Oh, no, 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 I'm the grave digger." And so we both oh, had to no. go seek out the producer because I think we had there was one line of dialogue for the grave digger, which is like, "Is this him, Tom?" Oh, or, you know, wow. something like that. Oh, no. Grave right. diggers fighting over one so line, two over, over saying, "Get off my shovel, cunt." Yeah, yeah right. So great. The director's <laughs> solution was like. We're just going to get rid of the line altogether and neither of you can appear on camera. So I think in oh, that episode, what? it's just my gloved hand wiping dirt off a coffin. That's my first TV credit. Oh, wow. wow. That's The director's done a bit of, I'm going to turn this car around and then there'll be no yes. grave digger line yeah. for either Absolutely. of you. <laughs> you know what? We don't actually need this grave digger line. Or we don't. We thought yeah. we needed two grave diggers. No grave diggers. <laughs> one hand. Yeah. That's all we <laughs> need. That'd be, that'd be great if because you two fought, all of a sudden there's a scene in the show where they walk along and go, wow, there's just a big hole in the ground. Let's just <laughs> dump the corpse in here, I guess. That just happened by itself. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, I think you have to pay as much. Like if you... If you don't have lines, then they they can they don't have to pay you for being like a fifty worder or something like that. So that was probably part right. of the calculation. I, I, oh, how much do you term a fifty worder? How much do you think the difference would have been? Like like what sort of money are we talking? <laughs> I mean, I think I probably got like two hundred bucks in the first place. So you know, maybe oh. two hundred and fifty, two hundred bucks down a oh, hundred or something like that. that yeah, I can't. Oh, so no. I like to think that's a, the decision that directors are making at the end of the day. They're just like, yeah. Yeah. you know what. If I save him 500 bucks, I can get a couple of bags on the way home before I... Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! Christmas party. Checking your pockets. Che- the, the, the director's checking their pockets yeah. and then and then going, nothing in there. I do have a borrow, so I'm just going to cross out some more lines. <laughs> and then earn myself some more lines. Yeah, you could have been one of those people. If you'd, if you'd cross the 50-line threshold, you could be in that, um, that... That would be the dream for me, being like, you know, those people that you see on social media... That had like one line on an episode of Seinfeld, and they're still getting checks every year for like eighteen cents. Like Gunther, that yes. was. You want to be Gunther? Yeah, yeah. Gunther, Gunther. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you say Gunther, I say Gunther. Yeah. There's a there's a guy on there was a guy on Seinfeld, the guy that like didn't want to go out with Elaine. Kramer. But no, 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 no. There's more than one guy on Seinfeld. Um, the guy that showed no interest in Elaine, and then Elaine was weirdly attracted to him because she he wasn't interested in her. And he's he's like the cheapest guy on Cameo, like going, I'm from Seinfeld. He's making a pretty good living off off being on Seinfeld for about five minutes, I reckon. So you could – I'd like to see how much money you could Great get digger. from Gravedigger Hand Dude on <laughs> oh, Cameo. How about this? Because Home about, and Away I'm, and Seinfeld are pretty appropriately the same level of show. So <laughs> I, I reckon – how about – yeah, I'm not my... saying a full living. I'm just saying I'd like to see how much scratch you could get. From yeah, I'd it. bring That's myself it. out to funerals. I'll come. I'll come brush the dust <laughs> off your your loved one's yes! coffin. Right. <laughs> Big home and away. What what a what a way to depart this this mortal coil as a huge home and away fan. You die and then have the famous hand brushing the dirt off your coffin on the way in. That's well, awesome. maybe it's because someone's such a big fan of home and away. 
right? Like this right. person dies. It, like what, they were just such a huge Home and Away fan. Like that mm. the family are like, you know, we're going to get someone from Home and Away to come out for the funeral. <laughs> but the family, they're not in show business. They don't understand that to get Alf Stewart to come out to your funeral is going to cost you 30 grand. They don't, yeah. they don't really that's have like, that sort yeah. of money. And eventually that's they like just the go down a list of- Of that world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> eventually they're like, look- we got 300 bucks. We can get you the hand of the guy who wiped away the dirt on the coffin. I think it's a, yeah. I think it's a gutsy business move to get on there on Cameo and you're, you're strictly like you're not doing any home and away. You're only – it's just your hand that just is on Cameo. No. I, no, as I reckon, seen on Blue Healers as the grave digging. People are no. putting in, oh, can you t- – my friend's a big home and away fan and you're going, I don't no. do any of that home and away shit on this yeah. account. Sorry, this is – No, no, no. I reckon he does but there's two tiers. It's okay. either, it's, you know, couple of hunch, couple of hunch for your character and then like, you know, 30 bucks for the, the hand. Yeah. The, the great biggest hand. hand. It's like yeah. the Counting Crows don't play Mr. Jones. Like that's their, that's like their thing. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure if you pay yeah. the Counting Crows enough money, so it's like, I'll, ba- I'll bust out Zach Maguire for the right amount of cash. Yeah. But otherwise yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just Gravedigger Hand. Yeah. Hang on. The so Gravedigger Hand's you, your B-side. Are yeah, you yeah. telling me that the Counting Crows don't play Mr. Jones? Yeah. They were, apparently when they played Blues Fest uh, about three or four years ago, they play, everyone was hanging out for the encore because it's going to be Mr. Jones and they didn't play it. They refused to oh. play it. I am not a violent man, but if I <laughs> dragged myself yeah. to see Counting Crows and they yeah. did not do Mr. Jones, I would rush the stage yeah. myself with my wonky hips and punch yeah. him in his awkward dreadlocked face. It, it is it is pretty you don't get that with a lot of other stuff. Like Lionel Messi wouldn't go to a new club and then go, No, I don't I don't score goals. That's, that's <laughs> like everyone knows me for that. It's boring. That's what, I've done that's what that. made me big. People can't yeah. get past it. I, I yeah. sort of resent the success I like, of it now. Yeah, yeah, I do I just do assists now. I find that more interesting. I, I think if you remember seeing Scribe at the big day out in Sydney and when his big hit was not many and Scribe mm. went out at the start of his set and he said, look, there was this massive crowd and he was like, I, I know a lot of you he- are just here to see one song, so I'm just going to do it straight away, get it out of the way, and if you want to go and do something else, you can do something else. So he plays, you know, right. not many, goes absolutely off. Perfect decision yep. for him because he gets the entire crowd reaction and then just the hardcore fans stick around. But then at the end, he just played not many again. And I was like, oh, yes, sir. That is exactly oh, what yeah. we came here for. Yeah, nice. And if I went to like Counting Crows and they did not come out and start with Mr. Jones, in the middle of their set play Mr. Jones, and then at the end play Mr. Jones, I would ask for my money back. Do you, do, do you know what we used to do? We used to do like a – we would go to another state and do live shows where we'd have the podcast and stand-up and then we wouldn't – we'd just sort of mix up the order and, and sometimes we'd do the, the podcast first and then go, hey, stick around for the stand-up. And then we learned not to do things in that order because then everyone fucking left. So now yeah. we make sure we do the stand-up at the start and leave our Mr. Jones until the end. Yeah, that's it. That's. I think the bigger move than opening with it is just if you're so off the song but you can't bring yourself to just like not fulfil people at all, you just play the recorded version in the front of house music like a minute before you walk oh, on. Yeah. You just like uh, you just chuck on the music. Mr. Jones CD. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you walk out to that and go, there you go, cunts, you heard it. We're, that's a version of us playing it in the past. We're not doing it tonight. It, or no one you have a cover band. You have your own Crowning Crows cover band come out and open for you <laughs> and play the songs you don't want to play. That's yep. great. Yeah. Perfect. Does it depend on like that. how many other – like obviously, you know, like I think The Cure don't play – 
uh, um, what's that one, the jazz one, the Love Cats. They don't, as a rule, but they've got so many other oh, yeah. hit songs, you know, you can sort of forgive right. them. Yeah, yeah. Bit of, but, bit of Radiohead and Creep. Yeah, yeah. right. I was going to yeah. say, like, would, could, do you think someone like Nirvana, when Kurt was like, could they not play Smells Like Teen Spirit? I reckon, like, they would be forgiven for not playing that because their crowd are like, yeah, man, that's the commercial song. We're, we're the but hardcore they, yeah. fans. We like but the other They were definitely a even, band that even, did that. Yeah, even yeah. Radiohead and... Like I've seen Radiohead play Creep live, and I've seen um, the Cure play Love Cats live. They they do do it. They just don't do it very often. They do it enough right. yeah. that you're like, tonight might be the night. <laughs> it might happen. I've heard of it happening. Do they play it a bit like John Farnham and go, Nah, nah, I'm not going to play Sadie the Cleaning Lady. Nah, nah, and then everyone goes, Nah, come on, Johnny, do it. And they go, Okay, I'll play Creep. It's like, wow, it's a bit like the uh, like the musical equivalent of anal, isn't it? If you get me drunk enough, and if I'm feeling it, I might just I might just give it up. Yeah, I'll play Mr. Jones on your birthday. Yeah, 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 that's it. <laughs> I do like that. I think that that is kind of what the bands do, though, isn't it? Like we're yeah. going to play some of our stuff that we like more, but yeah. you don't like as much. And if you yeah. pretend yeah. you like that as much as creep, you might just get creep. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But back in yeah. the day, you could be a band and you could like do a move like that where you you go to the audience like, you know what? We never normally play this one, but you guys have been so great tonight that we just we just <laughs> got to give you something a little special. Whereas now, people in the audience can be on setlift setlist.fm like looking it yeah. up going they play this every fucking show like you can't yeah. get away with just like that would be good if you're radiohead like fans if you if you're radiohead fans and you just turn up in the front row every concert going don't play creep big big black <laughs> placards <laughs> fuck creep just to just yeah. to, just to turn them around charlie i think uh yeah. i i think to my memory i've only met you the once but it mm. was uh it was in adelaide it was oh. Backstage at a gig, oh. I believe. Will, you were there. I think uh, also Greg Fleet was there. And my memory's a little hazy, but between one and three members of the Hilltop Hoods were there. All of a sudden, I, I, I'm starting to realise why your memory was a bit hazy. Uh, G Fleet <laughs> was there, was he? Okay, interesting. Uh, that wasn't me, Tommy. I think I, we have really? met once before, but I believe it was before a two guys, one I- cup in, in Melbourne. Um, uh, <laughs> at... Uh, yeah, a live show. I, I think I, that was the Gravedigger's hand that you yeah. met that time. No, I, wasn't, I don't think I've ever been right. backstage at a show in Adelaide. I think I don't think I've ever been to Adelaide Festival before. So Adelaide okay. yeah. You know what I love about this story is? Yeah. I was there, allegedly, but I'm backstage at a gig with those people that you've just mentioned. There is absolutely no way for $10 million I could remember what happened that night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great if if we can go back and find the security camera footage and it turns out you are there but it was just such a it was just such an incredible night that it's just been well, how, from the memory bank. Well, how was I? Uh, like was I was I a prick? Was I nice? Well, what, what's what's the deal? Oh, yeah, good. No, you were great. Let's yeah, let's say see what what did you talk about? What's your memory of this conversation, yeah. Tommy? And we'll see if we can jog his memory. Oh man, I just remember yeah, I remember meeting you, Will's friend. Yeah. Um, I don't Checks know. You, I can't. I mean, I can't really get in. I couldn't even remember exactly how many members of the Hilltop Hoods were there. If that gives you an <laughs> indication of the state that I was in, it was it was one of them or it was all of them. <laughs> you know, it wasn't two of them, but it's definitely it was one or all of them. Well, I was going to ask though, but is the Hilltop Hoods? Do you say that they're three or they're two? Because they're, they're they're three really, right? Yeah, yeah, there's three of them, right? All up? Yes. Yeah. There is three yeah. hilltop hoods, and individually yeah. they are a hilltop hood. 
So if there was only one, you technically saw a hilltop hood. If there was more than one right. hilltop oh, hood, they okay. were hilltop hoods. Was but it when they're all together, they're a hilltop's hood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that right? Was that rhino room or something? Yeah, it was a rhino room. I can remember one around. year. He's uh, coming like, around. Will was doing yeah, shows, and I came out for a. I came out for a week. It was the same weekend. Will, do you remember that weekend where I was crashing at your no. hotel room? And we uh, <laughs> and I, I brushed my uh, I brushed my teeth with moisturizer. <laughs> I went into your bathroom to get yeah. toothpaste. What detail of this story makes you think I was in a state to remember any of this story? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time I can remember being out for Fringe. Is is uh, I think we were doing what a what, what a what a what a what a lovely thing to say about Adelaide. The only thing I remember is one time I brushed my teeth with moisturizer. <laughs> that's the that's the highlight. That's the landmark of Adelaide. That's what I put on Adelaide's postcard. Did we do <laughs> yeah. a live toe up there? Have we ever done a live toe up in Adelaide? No, no. I feel like yeah, I feel like it was just like a late night rhino. Maybe Fleety was hosting, and you would have been on Will, and yeah, you were just yeah, okay. you were just there hanging out. I'm not saying there, I'm not saying know, it didn't happen, but I'm, I'm saying, saying it did happen. Based on the fact that you <laughs> two minutes ago were like, "This definitely never happened. I've never been yeah, to Adelaide. Yeah. What are you talking I've about? What Who is you this?" People? I'm doing a I'm doing a pretty good job of gaslighting Charlie here. He went from saying that definitively this story did not happen to all of a sudden now we know he's like you was he was staying with you, so we're getting his living arrangements in yeah. the story. But yeah. what? and a little and a little fo- oh, oh, foible that and, happened in the middle. And also of it. also also now we know why Charlie has such young looking teeth as well. He's he smuggled that in there. Yeah. But also what I love about this story is that Charlie was so quick to say that he definitely hadn't been in South Australia, which is the sort of thing that you could say if you're someone who rarely visits the state of South Australia. But you but you worked on a TV show, McLeod's Daughters. I never said I've never been South to South Australia for years. <laughs> I said I've never done Fringe Festival. Didn't you say it was during Fringe? Oh, yeah, it was during Fringe. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think I've ever done a Fringe Festival. But no, that's not true. I have. I just remembered them. There we go. Oh, I, think you thought, I think you thought I was going to sandbag you with some negative interaction no, and I just think, like go think... off on you. And so you immediately were trying to distance yourself from the story. This is why we need contact tracing. I yeah. got one of Craig Egan's, <laughs> Craig Egan's cookies or something before. And I think yeah. that's probably yeah. more Contact high might be more important than contact yeah, tracing right, in this right, story. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, there's only one way to settle this. We've got to get MC Pressure on the pod and we've got to grill him about whether or yeah. not he remembers this interaction happening. But he's yeah. got to do yeah. it all in like rhyming verse. That's how he's got to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Their new hit one night at the Rhino Room. <laughs> Uh. Well, okay, so interestingly enough about the Hilltop Hoods, because people might not remember this, and it's just a weird part of their history, because they've become such an internationally renowned, like, and huge Australian act, obviously, the Hilltop Hoods, but... They, I would course. say, can I just say before that 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 I I don't know anything about them, and for you to say there's three in there, I had some sort of idea that they were some sort of polyphonic spree. I thought there was like twelve or thirteen of them. <laughs> so this is news to me. This is uh, this is the the most I've learned about the Hilltop Hoods ever. Well, I'm sure there are a lot of people at house parties at Adelaide that have claimed to be in the Hilltop yeah. Hoods. Right. So probably yeah. if you right. added all them up, there's probably like fifty people at any one time yeah. claiming. Right. Well, that there they might have been there might have been someone there that night claiming to be Charlie Clawson by the sound of things. <laughs> yeah, I think there was. <laughs> but also with the Hilltop Hoods, like think about it, like Adelaide, they've, they've become this super successful band. They're kind of the Powderfinger where Powderfinger didn't leave Brisbane and Brisbane were really super proud of the fact that like Australia's biggest band lived in Brisbane and they didn't want to leave Brisbane mm. and it was the same right. with the Hilltop Hoods. There's a lot of like local pride that this act who's become so huge 
still choose to live in Adelaide. And so imagine you're a guy in your sort of 20s to 30s and you live in Adelaide. Who are you modelling your entire life and look after? It is yep. the Hilltop Hoods, without it's a doubt. It's all Santa yeah. Cruz singlets and no fear jackets. <laughs> like. But what people might not know is that on the final night of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, there is a party and it is mostly for like staff and comedians and uh, they have this like wrap up party, um, you know, at the end of the night. And one year back in the day, uh, I arranged uh, for a, a little band from Adelaide called the Hilltop Hoods to play the Melbourne International Comedy Festival's closing party. What do you mean you arranged well, I arranged through you guys. You put that night oh, yeah. on, but I was the person who arranged the hilltop. Are oh, you constantly involved? Yeah, yes, yeah. we exactly. said, "Can you reach out to the hilltop hoods?" Yeah, that's yes. Right. <laughs> I believe they blamed me on stage. They actually said this is all Will Anderson's fault. <laughs> At some stage, when the comedians who were off their head on drugs weren't really loving some hip hop from Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> I think that happened the year before I started doing the comedy festival because I remember then the like after party the next year, it was like, oh, bro, we got to go to this party. Like Hilltop Hoods played it in secret last year. It's going to be so sick. Who who knows what band's going to be on this year? And then it was just like some you know some local pub. Neil like, Sedaka cover like, band. Yeah, yeah. The the next like four years of comedy festival after parties lived in the shadow of of you organising that will and then and like. None of that. So if the Hilltop Hoods thought they got a raw deal, at least they weren't walking out to people thinking that they were going to be like the Hilltop Hoods or, you know. Hey, have you guys, have you guys ever been in a, in a adult fight, in an adult physical fight? No. Um, like I, a punch on. Yeah. I cannot name the person involved in this story. Oh. Oh. Or Tommy would have to do a lot of editing. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Back in the day, I used to write a column and uh, I had made a joke in that column about this specific celebrity (laughs) and this specific celebrity got my phone number and on a Sunday, out of the blue, uh, this celebrity rang me up and challenged me uh, to a fight in a park and said, like, I want you to get down to this park and you and I are going to have a punch on. Like, we're going to settle this joke you made about me in your newspaper column. I am now going to punch you in a park. And uh, I said, okay, I'll see you there. And then never went. (laughs) (laughs) And in addition to that story, years later, a friend of mine was working with that celebrity. And I went out to meet my friend for a drink who was having after work drinks with said celebrity. And he said, oh, this is uh, my mate Charlie. Oh, he does a, a show with Will Anderson. And this guy cornered me for the next year he was blind and for like half an hour on loop told me the story of challenging will to a fight and will not turning up and that he called him out and will never showed up and i said oh okay i get that and then he would restart the story and tell it again and literally like my friend had to come over and put this dude in a headlock and drag him away because it was like he was a broken robot he kept saying and i challenged to a fight i called him out and he never turned up so then i challenged him to a fight and he never turned up it's Will wow. broke something in his That's brain. That's a shame. Yeah, you you should have turned up to that party and just punched some sense into this guy. That would have been <laughs> ideal. I mean, it was one of those things where 
Anyway, whatever. It doesn't, like, you know, people can take things the wrong way and, you know, Sunday is not always the best day for, you know, for everyone to be making the most rational of decisions around things. And I yeah. I, it's, I was never going to fight anyone in a park, but I just thought the easiest way to get out of the conversation we were having was to tell him I was going to meet him at the park. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Like, it's great. Yep, you I'll say you that and then you no-show and then there's no follow-up from him. He's not like... I was the follow-up. He's got back number? on the phone being like, you fucking asshole! I was at the park for three hours. Yeah. Well, I didn't even think about that. It never occurred to me that there would be follow-up. I was just like, all right, no, on with my day. No attempt at a, no attempt at a reschedule or a, it was like a, a before second mobile. Just. No, it was a mobile. It rang me on a mobile. And uh, anyway, oh. whatever. Like, it's fine. I, I, I have no animosity towards this person. But, like... He, I, he did teach me a lesson of how to avoid a conflict situation. Is <laughs> sometimes you just tell right. people, "I'll meet you at the park," right. and then you're just like, right, "I right. am not going to the park." Right. Oh, so no, no fist fights for you, Charlie. Any, any, uh, any not physical did, altercations in your yes, adult life? There was. I mean, this oh, it must have been twelve years when my wife and I first started dating. I remember her. Oh no! Yeah, I got into a fight with my wife, and it was, and she won. <laughs> Handle the shit out of him, like seriously. Uh, <laughs> no, she mentioned to me she's that uh, uh, she was talking about like how gross dudes are in bars and stuff, and she hates how like dudes will grab grab you or make comments or whatever, blah blah blah. So this was fresh in my mind, and we're at a party, and I was a bit pissed, and I saw she was dancing with her friends in the dance floor, and there's this dude who was like hanging out with the girls, and he kept sort of going over and like obviously just like talking to them, and the girls were ignoring him, and then I saw what I thought was him lean over and kiss her. And so with this, her saying that she hates the way guys, you know, take, uh, take liberty, I charged in, and this dude was about 6'4", I'm 5'10", if Great. anything, Great. and I charged in with a head full of steam and like shoved this dude, and he shoved <gasps> me back, and we started like wrestling and stuff, and then my wife breaks us up and scolds me in front of the entire party, like gives me a huge oh. dressing down and drags me wow. into the corner and stuff. And was like, what? and she's like, what do you think you're doing? I said, that guy. And he's like, she was, he was asking you if I knew where the bathrooms were. I was like, oh, oh right. <laughs> Misinterpreted. I thought he was Fuck going for a kiss. Even if he was, Great. probably not appropriate. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's probably the, yeah. the last physical confrontation I that's, got into. See, that the lesson that we can learn from this is like people are always saying, you know, you got to you don't escalate physically. You should have learned from Will's story. You step in yeah. and you tell him to go meet you at the park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. You step in. You say, step in the middle. You, you step in and say, I'll meet you in the bathroom. And he goes, perfect. Where is it? And yeah. then he finds out. <laughs> and then, great. It's a great story for everyone. Win-win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just what you described there, like, it's so funny, like, when you see, like, actual physical altercations. Like, the beginnings of them are just so pathetic. It's just, yeah. like, two people kind of trying to, like, grapple each other and, like, you know, no one can really get per- – it's rare that you see, like, an actual – just, like, a punch being thrown. Like, most – yeah, you know what I mean? Like, most drunken conflicts are just, like, sort of, like, weird sort of grabby wrestling sort punches of – Punches IRL, unless you, you, you're dealing with a skilled practitioner, they all, they're all kind of pathetic. Yeah. You, you get, yes. you know, grown up on these action films where it's, like, some huge sound effect and someone flying across the, the room where most of the time a punch is just hitting someone and then there's not a heap of reaction – and it's not a very good sound. It, it well, is yeah. almost oh, the one not thing. Not what we've been taught. I, I love the John Wick movies, and I was just re-watching all three of them in the row the other day because we were in lockdown, and I was just like, I want to see like Keanu Reeves go around and kill some people. But <laughs> I think the only person that would actually get through John Wick is 
like a drunken fighter at a pub because all the guys he fights in these movies all have like martial arts experience. They fight in the right way. Like they, they mm. suit his yeah. moves. Like they kind yeah, of, yeah. it's like a dance between them, but you just get some drunk dickhead swinging punches and Wick might not know what to do with that. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. I had a friend when I was like 14 who was like obsessed with the fact that he knew the right way to like break someone's nose in a fight. He was like, you don't punch like this. You go up like that with the elbow. One motion, you go up like that and you break their nose. That's going to neutralize them and take them out. And it was like, who are you at 14 that you're just like, combat ready at all times like this obsession that you have when you're like an early teenager with like nah you learn one thing and then you you just need to tell everyone that one thing yeah did you ever did you guys ever have was it a thing when you were growing up like getting the like the poles from shopping trolleys like there were kids at my school who would like get them out of shopping trolleys and like sell them to other kids because it was like a weapon. It, it was like seen as like you need to have this weapon in your locker what? at all times at this private school just in case oh. you are you are just rushed a by a gang. The handle for a shopping trolley. The, like the bar, like the bar yeah. that's, that yeah you're really? pushing it with. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there firstly, was like a whole operation that good, my friend ran. Good on your parents for like you know spending so much money sending your kids to private school so they can get this quality of education where they have to walk yeah, around with yeah, shopping yeah. trolley bars. I went to a, like yeah. a country pri- yeah public primary school and we. Never Never needed a shopping trolley bar to get around at Hayfield yeah. Primary. Everything was fine. You can yeah. handle yourself. Yeah. Didn't need to yeah. recruit any weapons from the local IGA to like you know, in case some shit goes down. Were you in the bloods or the creeps of your private school? There was a kid at my, my school whose grand, grandparents had. Um, his grandfather had given him Filipino fighting sticks. Have you seen? They're just like it's like Daredevil. These two wooden sticks that he kept, that were like perfectly. Uh, the perfect size to conceal in his school bag. And so, I don't know, he was, right. on, uh, he was on guard, like, because we it took us about an hour on public transport to get to school. And he would have these, like, Filipino fighting sticks tucked into the bottom of his bag just in case he needed to bust them out in case of, like, Looks a gang, perfectly a gang in the bag. That, that was the big selling point of the trolley pole, oh, right. that they, yeah, they fit perfectly into a standard issue locker. It was, <laughs> and, like... I remember the mentality being like, well, you, you're just meant to have these. Like, why else would they build the lockers to be this size? Like, you're meant to be able to get a trolley pole in here for it, self-defense. It comes across as all very Jackie Chan as well, this yeah. whole thing of, like, <laughs> sort of getting proper weapons, just fi- yeah, finding, you know, pulling a, a pulling a bloody couple of Smarties out of a packet and, and flinging them in people's eyes and, you know, finding whatever, some found weapons. Well, here's I what think, I want to say now. It's not super scary, like... I want to see the guy with the Filipino fighting sticks go up against the guy with the shopping trolley sticks <laughs> shopping and see trolley. Yeah. which is the superior <laughs> oh, of the two weapons. Yes. Yeah. I actually yeah. had something happen when I was 16. I actually did get bashed on a train on the way home from school when I was 16. I remember um, there's about four of us on this train carriage and there's a couple of older guys, like probably late teens, early 20s drinking. And my mate kept like staring at him. And I was like, I was like don't look at these guys because you're just going to uh, ask for trouble. And sure enough, these dudes came down. And this fight started, so I went to defend my mate, and these guys turned on me and, like, smashed a bottle on my head and kicked the shit out of me for about, like, 30 or 40 seconds before the train pulled in and they jumped off the station. And all my mates after these guys had left were like, 
oh shit man we got you back next time that happens like don't worry we'll jump in next time next time and i remember it's like we'll stop by coles on the way home we'll pick up some some fresh poles we'll be ready to fucking take those guys out all weekend my mates were telling me how they had my back and that's never going to happen again and i remember it was monday afternoon we're catching the train so we had to go catch the train from um q to richmond station then swap over to get my train home we pull into richmond station the same guys are there with about 30 mates (laughs) and i just watched all my friends who had my back just fucking bolt off the train and run for it and leave me alone on Richmond Station. I had to find like wow. an alternate route to get home for the next like month. It was like these dudes would I, – I caught that train like three or four times and every time at the same time there'd be a bunch of guys I guess waiting to finish me off at Richmond Station. The right. real headline here is what's young Charlie been doing to, <laughs> to get to piss the ire of the these game. bullies to such an extent? Yeah, yeah, 30, a 30-man 30 crew to take you out. Jesus. Well, you know what? There, there was a little poetic justice to this story. So about five years later, I remember I was at a bar in Port Melbourne and there was this dude at the end of the bar who was clearly like a junkie and he was sitting on his bar stool, could barely keep his head up nodding off. And I was looking at this dude and like, why is this guy so familiar? And then I recognized him as the dude who smashed the fucking bottle on my head. But now it was oh, five years on and his life had gone to the toilet. Clearly there were some rage issues <laughs> as a teenager. I don't know what had happened yeah. to him, but I was like, well, you know what? You beat me up. Now you're a heroin addict. That seems fair to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, look who's hitting the bottle now. From, yeah, yeah, yeah from one smack to another smack. You hit yeah. the bottle, now the bottle's hitting you. <laughs> you know what? I thought it was weird that you sat down with him and told him all that, but, you know, everyone makes their own choices. <laughs> I did get challenged to a fight. I forgot about this, but I got challenged to a fight quite publicly. It was on a current affair by Shannon Knoll. Because oh. I made a jo- Oh, yeah. So I made a joke. Anyway, it was a bad joke. I shouldn't have made the joke. And how he- many people? How many people? How many celebrities have taken much offence to jokes you've made about them and tried to fight you? Oh, well, s- several. It turns out. <laughs> so <laughs> I-, I like that the first story too. You uh, you you didn't want to name the person, but then. Nolsey's just right out there in the in the public domain. <laughs> well, the other one never made the press or anything. Like, and I don't tell that ah, story okay. or anything. Like, Charlie knows it because Charlie knows the person, but it's not like yep. it's not a story that I go, "Oh, hey, this dude once did this," and name the dude. Was well, the other one sure. guy Sebastian? Sure. Is it just all Australian <laughs> Idol people? I think so. Yeah, it was Rob Millsy Mills. Correct me if I'm wrong, Will, but weren't you on like a Tony Squires, like he had a sports panel show and you were on with Anthony Mundine? And didn't you piss him off as well and he wanted to fight you? I think that's three celebrities. (laughs) Quickly, I'll tell you that one because that is that he actually did want to fight me. That was scary. Oh, yes. I was on Tony Squires. Carl's asked this question because he's clearly got a story in the chamber and then it's just it's just kicked off this like round yes. robin. Who would have yeah, thought yeah. three white male comedians going like, yeah, someone tried to bash me once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even no, I'm I'm saving this my story till next episode because it's not gonna top any of this shit. Yeah. Uh, I, like I've forgotten how many people want to punch yeah. me. Um, so there's heaps. Anyway, so Montoni Squires' show, The Fat, people might not remember. It was like a sports panel show. It was live. They did it live. It was on the ABC, so it went out live, and it was fun show. They would just have, like, a comedian on a panel of, like, sports people, basically. And um, I was on with Anthony Mundine, Liz Ellis, um, and so I'm sitting next to Liz Ellis, and then Anthony Mundine's over the other side from, like, Tony Squires. And Anthony Mundine at the time was – 
Like just early Anthony Mundine going from being like a well-respected sports person and rugby league player and all these sort of things to becoming the Anthony Mundine we know and love today. So right. uh, he was just starting out on that very, journey. It very, very nice real... choice of words just to make sure he doesn't punch you again. But yeah, yeah, it, nice. it was a real origin story of the Anthony we would see blossom before our very eyes. But back then, right. basically what he was doing was raising his profile by beating up on old people. And so I made a joke about I'm very excited about Anthony's next fight against Ruth Cracknell. Uh, Carl will enjoy that <laughs> reference. It's from his sort of yes, era, but absolutely. I don't know. Mother and people, you, can, yep. you can Google that. <laughs> anyway, yep. Anthony got mad about it. And he said to me, he goes, oh, well, that's pretty great coming from somebody who's wearing nail polish. And so I nice. just thought nice. we were having, having a little bit of fun, right? We're just doing a bit together. This is like the theatre of yep. boxing. This is fun. I feel like I'm across from Muhammad Ali. We're actually sparring yeah. verbally in this yeah. moment. Anthony Mundine, one of the great comedy practitioners of our time. Mm-hmm. I can see why. As it turned out, I had, made a bad, I had made a bad <laughs> judgment call. You're right, Carl. And he was not <laughs> joking. And so I stood up and I said, well, mate, if you want a shot at the title... Thinking, <laughs> like thinking this is just going to be a real fun, funny moment. That's my, but I immediately am coming back into reality because Liz Ellis's nails are dug so far into my thigh. Like she's literally just like, sit down. This is like a bad situation. And so he yes. sort of starts coming towards me. Like there's a moment, you know, where he kind of, he doesn't really come, but he kind of like threatens towards me. And then he, he normally raises you. And then he, yeah. and then he sits back down. And, of course, any normal, rational person who was on live TV in that moment would, of course, also sit down and shut up. But I was none of those things listed above because this is what I said. I said, well... You were, you were young. You were, still, you were still going for a shot at the title, you know, yourself. you got so, your caramel tips. you got your ball-bearing necklace on. <laughs> There's no rules. <laughs> so this is what I say. I say, well... We see. We all see who sat down first. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, for the rest of the show, he is fuming. We get off the set. I still think it's funny, right? This is like a funny thing. We've just all been doing a funny thing together. We get off the set, and I am immediately rushed to by producers who escort me out of the building because he and his crew were coming to get me. <laughs> yes! Wow. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's incredible. The team as well. I love that the I love the team don't have the sense of humor either. They they don't get it either. It's just like it's like this is their off time. Surely they shouldn't be thinking about fighting. Shouldn't surely they should be resting up. Yeah, the entourage, they're in the green room, they're watching this play out. They're like, "Let's go, boys. We are fucking on here as soon as the cameras but, stop." But and, and then your and and then your entourage of Corinne Grant and Husey go, "Yeah, fuck <laughs> it. Come on, let's take him. Let's go get him." You're a dead man, Mundine. <laughs> Is there any satisfaction? Someone who is a trained fighter, like, you know, beating you up. What's the set? It's like if you guys are getting heckled by like a five-year-old, is there any satisfaction in like you yeah, know, putting them in their place? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Oh, personally, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> People love a five-year-old. They're on the five-year-old yeah. side. So if you can take yeah. them down, 
That's impressive. And, and also, if a grown-up tries to take me on, I'll probably lose. Like, what's the fun in that? So, so okay. So then, then there was Shannon Noll. I'll quickly tell you Shannon Noll as well. We might as well. Oh, right. So, right. Yeah, great. I Sorry. made I made a joke about Shannon Noll and his dad's name. And anyway, it was a anyway. His dad had died, and I probably shouldn't have made the joke. The joke wasn't about his dead dad, but it was about his dad's his dad's name is Neil Noll, and it's just a funny sounding name. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's a dumb joke. I don't like I, making fun of names on this show. Thanks very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. The kind yeah, of yeah, humor yeah. we're into. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Shannon was mad and maybe rightfully mad. And so he challenged me to a fight. And I, again, was not so much up for the fighting, did not feel like that was an appropriate thing that we should be settling our differences. Uh, so yeah. um, couldn't, I, even, couldn't even advise him to a nearby park. Just, just a straight no. <laughs> no. Well, this was before I'd learnt the lesson of the park. This was oh, like these God. are the, these were early conflicts, and I hadn't sort of worked out what the park would mean to me. So this is what I sorry. said instead. I Will, said, just, "Well, yeah. so just, just sorry before you. Yeah. So with the, I know I don't want to go back, but the, with the park that was nominated, was it a convenient park for both of you to get to? Because I imagine when you're challenging someone to a fight at a park, like it needs to sort of be halfway between where." Two yeah. of you live right. well. It's see, like that, a that's up. what that's what you equidistant public space. Yeah, that's yeah. what you yeah. would say if you were two people who were both equally interested in going to said park. But yeah. when you right. never entertain the idea of going to the park, it's remarkably how accommodating <laughs> you'll be about which particular park it is. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that happening now, having to coordinate a park that's in between both of your five-kilometer radiuses so that you can punch yeah. on mid-lockdown. Yeah. All right, this yeah. one's. This one's 4.8 from me. It's 4.8 from you. We are fucking yeah. good to go. Wear here. your mask, please. So Noel's here publicly. He goes on Kyle Sanderland's show and he publicly challenges me to a fight. It becomes this like story about, because he's like at the height of, you know, his Australian idol fame and like, you know, and anyway, I probably made a bad joke. So he's, you know, kind of rightfully mad. And so there's like a current affairs stories and stuff about it. And of course I am just young and dumb and no, know nothing. So, I, my public statement on the matter is um, I would be very happy. Uh, Shannon looks like he's very good at fighting. I would be very happy to challenge Shannon at something that neither of us are good at, like singing. Oh, no. Oh, no. And <laughs> as it turns out, very Carl Chandler approach. And as it turns out, <laughs> did not make the situation better. <laughs> Can I ask, Will, there was a, a grand final, an AFL grand final that we attended yeah. and I think it was halftime and we were outside the stadium and I remember Shannon Knoll approaching you yes. and oh. putting you in a headlock and singing yes. a song to you like to, as, as, as <laughs> yeah. sort of proof of, hey, the, the ultimate punishment. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but was that pre-fight challenge or was that post-fight no, challenge? No, that was post. That was in the post-ironic. Oh. We've kind of made up now. He's oh, like, you know, oh, okay. right. yeah, exactly. Right, that right, was a weird right. moment. That was a very weird moment. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised. I thought Kyle Sandlin's would have got a run if, if he wanted to fight you as well. I thought he was going to make an appearance. But Kyle, yeah, he, we don't get along. That is fair to say. Right. I, uh, yeah. Right. No, that, but no I physical think, fights. But I think we've just avoided each other. There was a little bit back and forth in the early days. Like, um, I, I, just at the height of their things, we used to make a lot of jokes about them on the glass house and like they would get mad about that. Oh, fuck. Uh, Andy Lee probably wanted to fight me. We did a whole philosophy <laughs> episode about that. <laughs> 
Oh, well, I'm loving this just because I thought there was enough people that want to punch me in comedy, and now I'm like, hang on, maybe I'm not wow. the number one in this in this world. I feel like people have like real extreme reactions to me. I think people, some people like me, but it feels like some people are really turned off by me. I, I think I think you were on your way up. It feels like you were picking your targets. You were you, you know you're taking on the contenders on your way up. And now that you're now that you're at the top of the field, you're like, oh, why why do you guys want to fight me? And it's like because you were fucking trying to fight me on the way up. Like you're you don't need to fight anyone anymore. You're the you're the you're the sheriff of this town now. Yeah. Well, you know what? So well, to all these people who've previously wanted to fight me, if if it would really make you feel better, you can fight me. Like oh, what? Name the park. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll email you all the details of the particular. Oh, park. I'm not falling for that again. <laughs> Fool me once. <laughs> uh, just just all at once. A big royal rumble affair. That'd be good. Well, if it counts, I I remember that Shannon Noll one from when I was at high school, and like me and my friends thought it was like, oh, this is. This is like really funny that this guy is like dunking on Shannon Nolan is now in a fight with him and all this stuff. So if it if it makes you feel any better, I would have been straight in there with a trolley pole. I would have had your back <laughs> if it had gone down anywhere in my vicinity. You know, me yeah. and yeah, me and the fellas would have had you. And it, and it, and if he killed you in the fight, we know who would have brushed the the, the dirt <laughs> yeah. off your coffin. So that, that, well, there you go. in reflection, I think genuinely I was in the wrong. But if we're talking about public support, I'd say it was fifty fifty. <laughs> must have been a busy week for the vox pops in the newspaper that week just (laughs) taken to the streets yeah man that's a that's a and this these are just the you know you've been abusing marijuana for years well these are just the people you remember want to kill you i can't wait till we put this episode out and we find all the rest of the people I love the idea that you think my relationship with cannabis is abusive it is not it is loving and all embracing Seems pretty tender and loving to me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't. I don't have. I, I look. The person I was going to name in my fighting stories is is no. I don't even know the name of this person. So I'm not even. I'm not even going to try and top that story this week. I'm going to have to wait until we, we forget any famous names and, and trot this story out another week. Sorry. Oh, we got a cliffhanger. All right. Yeah. Good sizzle. Yeah. What I enjoyed about that the most. Carl is, I clearly knew you had a story and I was really looking forward to hear what that story was. And you said, have you been in a fight? And I was just like, no. Nah. I was like Charlie in Adelaide. Never been there. Never even heard of it. Didn't know it was a place. And then, uh, yeah. and then suddenly I'm like, oh, actually, I have a list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'd better wrap it up for this week of the Little Dum Dum Club. Will, you'll be able to tune in next week and, uh, and hear this, uh, this story. Um, yeah. Charlie, maybe we've won you over as a listener now. Maybe you can. Uh, maybe oh, you can I listened. I listened. I just have never been a guest. I, I feel like you guys yeah, have waited right. to what? Let's fi- five. Uh, the, the the late the late five hundreds. I feel like you you guys are a sitcom that you're like flagging ratings. You're like, we need to have a kid. Let's bring a little uh, a kid yeah. onto the show. <laughs> you're the you're the new bump. nephew on the Brady Bunch. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's um, well. Uh, I, I, I hope there's not. I hope there's not too much fighting in this episode for my mother-in-law. I hope she hasn't yeah. been turned off at this point. So, yeah, sorry about that. I mean, it'd be real sad if next time you go around and she's just like, ah, oh, you, you start dropping stories from the podcast, and she goes, I oh, stop listening. But I love Tofop. It is very. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I yeah. can't wait to hear the story next week about you being in a physical altercation with your father-in-law. Um, that's going to be great. So yeah. t- tune in for that one in seven days. No, no. In the in the next week, I'm just going to be like trying to pick fights with Greg Evans and, um, <laughs> uh, and like, <laughs> weird celebrities. <laughs> All right. Well, Charlie and Will, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Charlie, thank you for joining us for the first time. Great to finally Pleasure. have you on. Uh, people can check out uh, Tofop and Willosophy, Two Guys, One Cup. Uh, what else? You got a whole, you got a whole suite of. Uh, Just go to tofop.com well. and so check them all there's out. There's a bunch of tofop.com. cool Fofop episodes up at the moment. Uh, Dave Anthony, um, Gareth Reynolds, and by the time people hear this, there'll be an episode with Charlie talking to Greg Barrett of the original yep. Walking the Room. Yeah. So um, nice. there's some cool episodes over there. And and we're we're all part of the one big um, podcast festival happening later in the year, the Great Australian Podcast Festival happening in Melbourne in November at the Palais Theatre. You guys are on um, the same bill as us. We so have not done a live show. What, what did we work out our last show? Four years. It's the four Opera years. House was the last yeah. one. The Opera House, the one that we're not allowed to mention. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, we're not yeah, allowed to mention that it was at the Opera House, but it was near the bridge on a bit near the yeah. water. Oh, that's oh, right. We weren't allowed <laughs> to either. That's that. Yeah. 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 That's the dirty right. little secret. <laughs> Yeah. Contractually forbidden from yeah. mentioning the venue that the show yeah. was in. We I mean, all I would say is a lot of fat ladies singing in our one. Yeah. So yeah, all I would say is James Fosdyke would have really liked to know that before he started drawing the poster for the show. All, that's all. I would say. Oh no, no. Why was right. that? Why weren't we allowed to say that that time? I never worked that one out. No. Have you uh, heard this? Just told we weren't allowed to mention. <laughs> No, yeah. I, I, no. I feel like to the opera house, like, you know, having a podcast in is like that equivalent of that, like, you know, like sex partner someone might have where you, you're both like, this is fine for us, but let's not ever tell anybody right. else about this. Yeah. Right. right. I like to go, like to go slumming the- on my weekends when my husband's away, but this is nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I'm in a very is, happy relationship except- with opera. <laughs> Yeah, this is what everyone, everyone except for me, uses Thailand for. Now I get it. Right, okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. See See you, mates. I'll see you, mates. Shit. And they've done it again. Oh, boy. Have they ever? Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right off the laces, Bernie's... um, Done that thing where you uh, block out the sun by making a little handmade uh, sun visor out of your own hand, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, just seeing that that ball get smaller and smaller into the distance as it is. Uh, Charlie Clawson, uh, great example of the squeaky wheel getting the grease. Uh-huh. He went on his own podcast. He trash talked us. He told mutual friends of ours that he wanted to be on, mm. and then lo and behold, five hundred and sixty-four episodes later. Dreams come true. Yeah, that's uh, that's how you do it, guys. If uh, you're any big time celebrities out there, that's how you do it. If uh, I know there's a <laughs> yes. there's a there's a few of those <laughs> out there. There's a few we've heard back. Oprah, Oprah has sort of been yep. making a lot of hints uh, without going direct. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, one of these days we'll we'll probably get around to that. That'll probably pay off. But you know, it's Ellen. Ellen was dropping some pretty big hints about wanting to be on, more just with her general behaviour and how she treats people, being sort of... <laughs> she, she, she wanted to replace me as a host, so I think that was it. Yeah. <laughs> we noticed, Ellen. Yeah. We noticed, yeah. okay. we it, it really caught our attention down here yeah. at Talking Dum Dum HQ. Mm. But, uh, yes, hope the... Uh, 
Hope the Tofop super fans enjoyed that. Great to have Charlie in for the first time. Great to get uh, emailed his file um, straight after the recording and then get a follow-up email saying, my memory card just died and I've lost the file, so I hope that that transfer came through. Wow. Wouldn't you know it? It, it had come through. So great to just a, just a really great baptism by fire into the first week of Zoom into this new lockdown for us. So, Jesus yeah, that was, Christ. Um, Wow. That was a really close call right there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, very briefly, are we going okay? I, I can sort of hear myself coming back through something on your end, Tommy. Is that okay? Mm, can you? Yeah. No? no it's no. okay from you? I think we're okay. Okay, that's it's right. Okay very, for, very faintly. Okay yeah. Very faintly. Anyway. Maybe you can hear yourself through my headphones. Mm, that Maybe might I'll be it. my headphones that, down. that might be it. That might yeah. be it. I'm, uh, I'm recording from my, new, uh, from my new setup at the Masturbatorium 2.0. Mm. Okay, uh, yeah, no, fun episode, good to finally have Charlie on um, And uh, yeah, and also good to get massive friend, of, Hall of Famer friend of the show, Will Anderson back um, Heaps of fun, and yeah, really, you know, good a good Zoom episode to kick off the next, uh, you know, 10 or 11 of them that we've got coming up, obviously So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Yeah, this must uh, this must sound insane to any of our international listeners. Um, ha- oh, by the way, happy Freedom Day to our UK <laughs> listeners. But uh, we, uh, yep. we look a year ago. We were really, or maybe a bit over a year ago, or even at the start of this year, we were we were really beating our chests and flapping our wings. But um, mm. wouldn't you know it, our um, our uh, our government had a big old ace up the sleeve um, with just a big turd on it in place of uh, where mm. the regular ace symbol would be. Yeah, they look they and, they uh, did yeah. the right thing to start with, which they made sure that we were an island. So that was good good of them, so that the the virus couldn't yes. get to us. Good, yes, good for them to ke- for keeping oh. us a continent by an island comp- continent, not connecting yep. us to Europe or Africa or any of the Americas. I think yep. that was uh, you know shout out to a. Uh, Shout out to the tectonic plates mm. for doing their shifting yep. all those years ago. Um, they probably they've been they've been the most effective yeah, uh, bit of coronavirus been, prevention in this country. They've been yeah. overworked. They're, they're due a day off or two. They've they've done a lot of the a lot yeah, of the heavy lifting. Look, they've done the heavy lifting. Mm. They're 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 putting their feet up. They're taking a rest. Yeah, yeah. As for but, uh, and then yeah. uh, our government took took care of the rest of it. Uh, and by take care, I mean f- fucked it. So um, yeah, good Dude, stuff. But anyway, sweet FA. for our uh, UK listeners, enjoy. Freedom Day, and I'm assuming that uh, you're allowed to somehow <laughs> listen to this show through your ventilator. Um, hope hope it's yeah. all going well over there. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like the perfect plan. Have you heard about a? Uh, have you heard about this app that they've got? That's like their new their new thing. They're like because if you even if you are vaccinated, if you have it, you have to you still have to isolate for like ten days. And it's just basically uh, a, like a, it's a contact tracing thing that just this thing goes off on your phone if you if you know if someone has it that you've been in contact with. But they're finding all these problems with it where, like, it can't detect, like, walls in buildings. Right. So it'll go off and it'll ping and say, like, you've got to isolate. And it's like, no, that person that has it is on, like, the other side. Of, like, I haven't come into contact oh, with them. right. The app just thinks I have because geographically I'm close to them. But that's not me in a venue. That's There's, like, ten walls between me and them and we've had, like, no communal oh, area no. contact. So it's like... This app is kind of like, you know, telling people that they have to isolate when really they don't. Mm. Um, I'm probably butchering the story, but uh, who gives a fuck because it's something that's happening in the UK and mm. fuck them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that, um, but look, enough enough talking about um, about about our, you know governments and people that don't know what they're doing and people who are stupid and people who are liars. Let's, let's shift gears entirely and, uh, and, and do talking gibbo. 
Yeah, enough talking about the fake man-made coronavirus mm. and uh, let's get into the uh, very real brain and ovarian <laughs> cancers of Phil Gibson <laughs> in our irregular segment, Talkin' Gibbo. That's it. Now, um, we, uh, we, we both watched the new well, BBC made special of, uh, of, of Bell Gibson last night, didn't we, that was aired on uh, Australia's national network, the ABC. Uh, wh- yep. What was it called again, Tommy? The Bad Influencer, and no. we were... Not, not to be confused enough, with, this... the, with The Bad Impressionist. No, 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 no. no. Um, <laughs> wow, new cameo account for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they uh, this Weirdly enough, this aired in the UK just after we started doing... Almost like the same week that we started doing Talking Gibbo. Mm. I reckon we, we started doing this on the show, and then that following week we got a whole bunch of posts that this had just been on in the UK... It only just aired here. It took a little while to come over here in spite of the fact that it is about an Australian person. Mm. It's like um, it's it's like it was 1997, having to wait a few weeks for something to come out, but, make its way from yeah, overseas. Yeah, yeah, but I do like, you know, a little bit of context for people if you're listening to this for the first time, but uh, Belle Gibson, the uh, notorious uh, uh, cancer shyster, said she had cancer, yep. made, a, made a big bunch of money off, uh, you know, cookbooks and apps and stuff like that. Turns out she didn't even have a speck of it. Um, just made it all up, no. and this this special was sort of examining. I guess the reason it was made, the the you can tell it was made over there in in England was um it was pretty much the majority of it, or a big bunch of it, was just talking to people in England that had had taken notice of of <laughs> her got, lifestyles, yeah. and then they got fooled by her. Yeah, yeah, they got they got done by her, and then uh, which. Which is not what I was expecting because you wanted to do a commentary of it, but you've re- you've read the book of Bell Gibson. There's like a lot of the details of it that I didn't really know, yeah. so I, I kind of wanted to just like watch it and take it in. I thought it would be a bit more of a like a full kind of expose, and it definitely mm. went into things, but it was like it was only forty five minutes long, so it's a very brief doco. Um, and yeah, at least half of it is taken up with these like these British women who talk about how they completely changed their lives based on what they read in Bell Gibson's book and uh, just how betrayed and hurt they felt. It, it really feels like maybe it was in the works and the British team, like, making it figured they'd be able to come over to Australia and do all their interviews here and then they couldn't because of COVID. So oh, look, they I, had to just I, I, find whoever that they could down at the park eating twigs and go like, you yeah, look like you're into wellness. Yeah, yeah. Is this related to Belle Gibson at all? Look, I, I, I totally get it because I mean, the, the, the thing of it is when you look at Belle Gibson, you go, well, what's, 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 why is, why is this so bad that she's lied about having cancer? It's like, well, the reason it is so bad is because it has influenced other people. That's why, because yes, other people have course, then yeah. got off chemotherapy and then copied what she did, which is a thing that absolutely does not work. So I, I get it, but it did seem a little bit weird that it was like, you know, for a moment you're a little bit patriotic and go, oh, wow, you know, the the English were copying our bell. You know, we really do have a bit of influence overseas. Yep. Yeah, nice one. She's like our, you know, Pat Cash going over to win Wimbledon. This was our Bell, bell Gibson yep. seeping through into the English consciousness <laughs> and fucking their country up as well. It is. It is, that was interesting. Like I didn't really realize how um, how much of a of a global platform that she had. Like I didn't realize that she had that much kind of influence and notoriety outside of just Australia. So that I mean that was interesting to see. But what I did like about watching it because I watched another documentary right afterwards called Assassins, which is about the two women who assassinated Kim Jong Nam in an airport a few years ago. Right, and it's it's 
I, I kind of loved it made me think of like most docos if you if you go in was this, and was you this, don't know anything Was this bad bitch Monday last night for for you in your <laughs> in your lounge room? <laughs> yeah, it really was. I mean, yeah, there's there's kind of a lot of parallels there. I would really recommend that documentary. It's it's great. But um it made me think of like, you know, yeah, if you watch if you watch a documentary and you don't know the story and there's like a subject matter who is not in it and there's a possibility that they may have died. You know, sometimes the filmmakers actually have that person interviewed in the film, but they hold off on showing them until later in because, you know, there's a part of the story where, like, they may have passed away Mm. and they want to assume that people watching it don't know the story, so they want you to be hooked in and to, like, genuinely not know as it's unfolding. So I was just loving the idea of, like, someone watching this bad influencer documentary who doesn't know the story of Belle Gibson and they're just seeing all the file footage of her talking about her brain cancer and then seeing that she's not been interviewed in the documentary and just assuming, like, Oh no! I guess the brain cancer killed her. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. we're going to find that out. Yeah. That's why she's not in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone just hooked in from the first like five minutes of the doco. No idea what it's about. Yeah. No idea of the story. They're just along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fortunately, she's was, uh, uh, she's well. She oh, fortunately for 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 her, she's she's alive and well and and ripping off African people now in the suburbs of Melbourne. So uh, yeah, she's. But that was an interesting thing towards the end of it. I didn't. I haven't read that anywhere. But they said apparently she's a she's working in a school somewhere. She's a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is that's correct. That can't be real. That really that can't be. Correct. I, now I um, I watched it with my wife last night, and she didn't really she she didn't know heaps of the story. She knew some of it, but she didn't know heaps of it. So she was right into it. And then the same thing. the The only time we talked during it was right, right at the end, where we both went. She's working in a fucking school. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 That that can't be true. But that that was kind of my problem with it was that it was like it was pretty surface level and like it, yeah it it bailed out of the the documentary bailed at the point where it it's you know because as we've talked about on talking Gibbo, it's kind of everything after that that is really interesting. Yeah. It's like well, what do you do next yeah. once you've been exposed? Yeah. Like I wanted to hear more stuff about the the Ethiopian church and all that kind of shit. It, yeah, yeah, and you know what? It's like. It's it's she's sort of in a position like Sarah, uh, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. She's she's trying to do Borat again. It's like you've already tricked the world with Borat. You can't just go on walk right. down the street with Borat again and pretend that you're from yep. Kazakhstan and and oh what's going on sort of thing. It's like we all know. So she so now it's yeah. This this is her this is her Ali G character getting into the African community and you know things like that. I guess. I just think it would have been great to see, like, um, if they had have, yeah, done another, like, another 15 minutes, half an hour where they go into all the African church stuff and then showing someone, <laughs> showing, like, a white person in the UK who's dressed up in all the African garb, yeah. like, the, the headdress and all that kind of stuff, just being like, yeah, I mean, she really got me in and she, you know, just seeing her post about all the African church and stuff, that made me as a white person feel like it was cool to do and then I find out that she's not even African yeah. and it's like I just feel really betrayed <laughs> and like I changed my whole lifestyle because yeah. of her. Yeah. There was, I don't know, there's so much fertile ground there and they just, I, I feel like they really did themselves short by do you, do you uh, think, by ending it at 45 minutes. Do you think, ignoring the chronological um, correctness of this, do you think Chris Lilly could have got inspired by her in some way? Maybe. Um, that, oh, that would have been great. Yeah. 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 Get him in as a talking head. Yeah. I did like, uh, I loved the whistleblower dude oh. from Margaret River. 
He was the great get having him in there. That was awesome. Absolutely. Now, look, I, I felt like there's – is there a bit of a stampede of people to put their hand up to go, I was the one who figured out she didn't have cancer? Is there, I feel like there's, there's, a, there's a few whistleblowers now. I feel like there's a few on the scene that were I like, mean, no, 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 I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I was the one that, that figured out by looking at someone who's right. in absolutely rude health that she didn't have brain cancer. Yeah, exactly. And especially when they play, there's like some clip from, I can't remember where it was from exactly, but she's like, yeah, I've got five cancers now. They just told me I've got two more in my ovaries and, you know, in my breasts. And it's like, you just the way she's describing it and the way she's talking about it. And it's like, it's been years and she just keeps racking up new cancers. And then there's a bit where she's like, She's talking to someone off camera and she's like, oh, no, that one's healed now. Yeah. And they're like, oh, when did that happen? Yeah, yeah. She's like, the other day. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's really, it's like, yeah, any journalist who's like, I don't know, man, I just, something, <laughs> something really, uh, yeah. something really didn't seem right to me. It's like, yeah, yeah no shit. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I started to look at Clark Kent and I thought, you know, if he took his glasses off, I mean, yeah, I mean, something's, <laughs> something's clicking upstairs for me there. But you know what? When she was filming yeah. that bit, <clears throat> that bit that you're talking about, that was actually a one-on-one with with a, a publisher at Penguin in that's, in Penguin HQ. That's internal, right? Yeah, that's, that's the, an internal so they, video. They, for anyone who didn't see it, they uh, it's when the the app and the book have been really popular, and the publishers sense that the uh, the tide is maybe going to turn on her. So they do this kind of like it's like an internal media coaching kind of thing, right? Where mm. they sit her down and they videotape it, and they do like they just kind of give her like like a a kind of like a mock hard questions interview where it's like let's let's just run you through the sorts of things people might answer so that you can get your you know so that you can be braced for it yeah what, what i found funny about that was i filmed something very similar for funny buggers for, for the book funny Did you really yeah 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 because it was at the same office it was penguin books which is what funny buggers uh came out through um you know me, <laughs> like- me and her co-authors and around about the same time like not that far apart from each other and so, um, but so hers is like media training for them thinking that you know the the jig is up and you're going to get sandbagged. Like what? What did they think was going to happen well, with you? I think, like, I think they were like, well, there's a lot of stuff in here that isn't funny. How are you going to defend it if you're in <laughs> right, interviews right. like this? This stuff by you know Nick Kappa. I mean, is this even a joke or is this does this work on stage? And you know, how are you going to defend it? And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So very similar. Very, but no, I really did. I right. really did film some stuff. Like I think in the same room where I can't even remember what it was for because it wasn't for like publicity or anything because they didn't use it. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. It's just for internal use. So mm. it's like you know, it's funny that Penguin have just given this tape over. Yeah. But also, like, yeah, it, it kind of reads as like a um, you know, that that thing of just like. Getting so that what's what's a good example like Scientology they'll make you go in and like confess every like bad thing that you've ever done so that if you ever turn on the church they've got this like you know they've got this record yeah is that Penguin's version of that it's just yeah. like I don't know go on Carl tell us what you really think are some of the shit jokes in this book yeah. so that if you ever if you ever publicly trash Penguin <laughs> they can just leak it yes. and ruin your life yeah what do they call Dangle that it over what you? do they call that with Scientology again an audit. <laughs> It's called an audit. That's what it was. An audit. Yeah. It's, it's collateral. Like yeah. it's basically there's there's lots of different versions of it. Like, I, but yeah, I for, um, I, for, I forgot that that fact really. The the fact that you know as part of um, I mean that's our two connections. That's how we're able to do this show. We're able to do talking mm. gibbo because you are a fellow cancer. You, you've got you've got the cancer angle. I've got the I'm a stable mate. 
I'm the stable mate of Bell Gibson. You know, yeah, right, put right, out right, a book right. through yeah, Penguin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I kept um I kept making I kept making jokes throughout it and just saying like what a dumb bitch and all this stuff and you know I was like ragging on the woman who did have cancer and it, it was just very <laughs> great because it's like. Yeah. My girlfriend looking at me horrified of me going, I had it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm allowed to say whatever I want I, during this documentary you're, because as an actual survivor, yeah. I find what she did appalling you're, slash very funny. The rest of us <laughs> the rest of us can't say the C word, but you can. So, yeah, because yeah. Yeah. you am one. I, I did love, I mean, you're right about that guy, the, um, the whistleblower that's like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's dozens of people like that. But I did love him. His his research involving him digging around on a skateboarding forum, yes. <laughs> and, and, and just heading down to the sail yards in Melbourne with a hidden camera strapped to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He found he found out he exposed it by finding her, her work as like a eighteen year old on a skateboarding forum, and and basically right. it was like, well, she didn't mention having cancer then. I think I've got her. It's like, wow, of course, that's where yeah, you're yeah. definitely – just in between people talking about doing ollies and kickflips is like you, you, if you didn't mention brain cancer then, that you definitely don't have it. I think it's the most like um, – it's the most uh, like uh, fascinating character trait to me, the, the compulsive liar, oh. the person – like when he finds her on that skateboarding forum and she's on there from a few years ago and she's just – one of her posts is just like – yeah, guys, just had open heart surgery and um, actually died on the operating table for three minutes. And uh, yeah, anyway, I just came out and now I'm posting this. And it's like, it's just that mentality is just fascinating yeah, yeah, to me. Yeah, like, totally. What, what goes through the head? Like it's it's of all the like that's monstrous character traits that exist. That's my that's the one I'm most kind of obsessed with. Yeah, I mean that's what makes this story. It's it's not. You know, it could be anything. It didn't have to be cancer, but just someone who's that who's come out of that massive lie, who's been world famous for this these lies, and then has rebooted and and started it again. Like it's just insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love when she's on. I think it's like Sunrise or something. They show like one of her like early early um, TV interviews that she does. And they're like, and the, the female host is like, and can I just say, you know, for, for currently suffering for brain cancer, you, you're looking fantastic. And just her reaction is so funny. She's like, oh, shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's, <laughs> she she's pretty stoked with it. takes it. Yeah. Because it's like, it's so backhanded. It's like, I'm not saying you're hot. I'm saying for having brain cancer, yeah, yeah, yeah. you look great. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of like for a dead knowing woman that walking. you don't have it. It's like... Mm. <laughs> But uh, yeah, being interviewed by friend of the show Andrew O'Keefe right there in that in that um, yes <laughs> interview yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's you know not not on the not on the main feed. Let's try and distance ourselves from uh, <laughs> from that if we can. Um, so bonus bonus friend of the show. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, hey, check it out. It's on. Uh, I believe it'll be on iView for a little bit in Australia if you didn't catch it. Uh, the bad influencer. It's also, I think, it's on the BBC, whatever their yeah. thing is, the iPlayer or whatever it's called. Yep. Um, yep. Quick little forty-five minutes. So it's not too much of a an intensive time suck. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's got some it's got some neat little details in there that, as someone who has become more fascinated with her kind of post all this, I didn't I, I didn't really catch it all as it was unfolding. I'll it lend had, you the um, book. It had some good details. Yeah, I, I I just wish it had been a bit more thorough. Like I think a feature length thing where they weren't focusing so much on the. On the British women that got sucked in would have been, but you uh, know what? More interesting. This this is what I found from the book. The the it's called the woman who fooled the world or something like that. It's um there is a fair bit of like it's it's sort of the same as the the doco in that 
there's not a lot of detail out there for them to use because weirdly enough, her family and friends clammed up once it happened. It's like, uh, yeah, why? Okay. Why not just hand her up? She's she's done some absolutely rotten work. What are you sitting there, like, not talking for? Like, give her up. Oh, two, yeah. Two more things. I loved I loved when they talked to the friend of hers, like the old friend from school yeah. who didn't want to be. Who was a rarity, be, yeah. Who didn't, yeah, who didn't want to be shown. And But then they, they just had all these, like, while she was talking, they just kind of had these, like, extreme close-ups on parts of her body. Mm. That if you knew her even vaguely, it would be so obvious yeah. who this person is. Yeah. It's like these very like. I, I did, but um, I, I was watching that bit and thinking, is this even her, or are they? Have they gone right? Let's just film someone oh, else. Let's let's use yeah. someone else's voice. We'll we'll close up on some other person. I don't know because it's it, yeah. like you said, it's also, stupid to not to to use those close ups if you don't want to be known. Well, it's just such a – what happened to the old like the old standard of like having the person sitting in front of a window with light streaming in and they're just in silhouette yeah. and then the voice modulated the, kind of screen murderer style. Lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I also loved uh, I loved a bit of the whistleblower guy just throwing Apple under the bus where he – I think it was him where he said he tried to contact them, uh, uh, Apple, about it, about yes. her app. And, they, and about whether they did any fact-checking and they were just like – to be honest, we don't really care as long as it's a good app. Yeah, great, great. So you just don't. What a quote! You don't know how many Angry Birds died in the making of that app. They they could not give a fuck as long yeah. as the app works. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I I have to say I've I've been inspired by the whistleblower, and I've I, I think I should uh, you know I, I've set my own targets. I'm I'm going to I'm going to investigate you, Tommy, to make sure you've been saying you had cancer okay. for all this time. Uh, you know, we uh, I haven't seen any proof of it. It's just, you know, it's all been you bragging about having cancer all the time, making millions of dollars doing solo comedy festival shows about having cancer. It's yep. like I think I think yep. I'm going to be the cancer comedy whistleblower here from now on. Within within talking Gibbo, I'm going to have another sub podcast uh, called Finding Chemo, and it's going to be my well, deep okay, investigation right. into Tommy Daslo. Well, I actually, um, I actually, uh, I have, I have a newspaper clipping from me being in the newspaper from around that time yeah. that I had lined up. I was going to bust it out for a bit of, um, for a bit of cancer corner, mm. um, but we're now in lockdown. So maybe we can sizzle this for next week. Maybe I'll take a scan of it and I'll do screen share with you yep. when we do this next week and you can read through it well, because it's like. It's an article about me just after I'm better and it's – but then it's it's just written in a very funny way. My dad brought it around the other day, like a photocopy of a newspaper clipping from back in the day. Great, so, great. Uh, well, yeah. I'm, sure I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll run into it in the next couple of days with me being balls deep in the archives of uh, newspapers around the world in my in my research to uh, expose you and bring you down, Tommy. So, um, yeah. Because yeah, yep. yeah. it is – that's the thing though. Like if you lie about a medical thing, that's kind of what makes it so genius is because like – People, no one can access medical records right. outside of a patient. So it's like it's that's kind of what makes it the perfect con is that it's it's impossible. That's what this guy's saying is like you can't verify it. Like you even if you were just to go like I'm going to call like every hospital and doctor I can possibly think of that would have treated her. It's like they can't tell you anyway even if it is true. So it, it is it is and and it's the the thing that you're most scared to second guess or 
you know, ask about because it's like imagine saying that to someone who doesn't have it. No, you uh, that has right. it. You don't have cancer. Yes, I do. Nah, you don't. It's like it's the fucked thing. It's the it's the biggest social faux pas there probably is. So yeah, it's it'd be a it'd be a great curb your enthusiasm yeah. storyline. Yeah, Larry's just Larry's just watched the bad influencer. Yeah, he's downloaded a VPN and he's watched it on the BBC iPlayer. Yeah. And then he's and so he's all of a sudden he feels like he's very attuned to people uh, people faking cancer yeah. and then he's and then he's out and Richard Lewis is like talking about how he's changed his diet and he's and he was feeling really sick and he's turned it around and Larry doesn't believe it yeah yeah the stuff writes itself perfect perfect <laughs> um, yeah yeah that that's um, that's great but like we know people getting back to sort of the pathological lying element of it I mean. There yeah. was there's someone we know. There's a, there's a, weirdly enough in in comedy there are some sociopaths. There are some pathological liars. It's uh, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, there was a comic. Remember Tommy that ha- that made the the perfect lie where he went overseas. He said he was working for mm-hmm. a major network, a major TV yep. show, like a world famous thing. Moved overseas for it, and. And you know, look, I was the, I was the, the, I, I'd like to think I was a, a minor whistleblower because I remember everyone going, "Oh wow," because you know, why not believe him? But I was just like, "This is a bit weird." And I said, "I said, you watch the date in three months. Like that's that's the sort of visa you'll get." Like he was like, "I'm moving mm. over there. I'm moving there. I'm going to work on this thing. I've got a record deal. I've got this. I've got that. All these crazy things." And I Do said, you want to say? Are you, is there a reason you're not saying what it what it was? Have you forgotten, or are you deliberately trying to not say? Oh well, I don't mind either way. It doesn't matter. You can say if you want. Because it's it it's just such a funny detail. It was riding on the show American Dad. Yeah, <laughs> which is just like again, it's like in the pathological lie thing. It's like that's just such a perfect detail because it's not saying like the Simpsons. It's like everyone knows it, but it's like not quite like absolute top tier. Like yeah. it's kind of, it's, it's sort of, it's very well known, but it's still just obscure enough to be believable. Like it's not like the main biggest thing. But there was a lot of different stuff. Like the, the Sam was moving all the time with, with this guy. Like it was that, there was a mention yeah. of, of um, family guy as well. There was, um, there was a thing where he was signed <laughs> to the same record label as Dane Cook. Um, but yeah, then it would yeah. double back, and all of a sudden so it, would, it would change, and then it all of a sudden be like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna meet Dane Cook, and he's gonna put in a word for me." It's like, uh, w- hang on, a week ago, weren't you signed to his record label? Like it was all over the joint. I love that as like a as like a climbing the ladder thing. Like you know, I've been offered this job on American Dad. Obviously, it's not the one that everyone wants, but I'll pay my dues there, and I'll climb the ladder, and then one day I'll be writing at Family Guy. Like yeah. they'll notice me, yeah. and then and then McFarlane himself is going to shuffle me up to the main show. Yeah, <laughs> and and so then when he came back, like three months later, like almost to the day, I was at a gig and he turned up, and it's like that's amazing. Like exactly what I'd predicted had come true. Like I was stunned. That's the amount of time that you can stay in the states without a without a working yeah, visa. Yeah, yeah, three yeah. Three months where you can be a tourist. So yeah. I, I was, and then it re, you can come back and it resets. Yes. So I was stunned, and yeah. so we were at this gig, and he came back, and someone just said to him straight away, like, "What are you, what are you doing here? I thought you moved, I thought you moved to America because you had all this work and and you know you'd made it and all this sort of stuff." And he just goes like straight away, just went. Yeah, my mum has brain cancer, and then everyone was like, "Yeah, no further questions." Great, no further questions. Yeah, well, we were we were about to ask what's going to happen with Brian and Stewie this week. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then, so then he, I, I saw My him. My mum's got brain cancer. Holy crap. Yeah. Well, that explains the quality of those two cartoons, actually. You know, uh, if you and you, if, if that's hereditary and you've got it as well and you're coming up with the ideas for that show, that makes sense. Um, so he, he then did the rounds and I saw him at a couple of different gigs and people would say, what are you doing here? Uh, brain cancer, mum, brain cancer. And then, I reckon like three months later, he must have been gearing up to go back or something. And I just, I very vividly remember someone saying, someone having not seen him for the three months that he'd been back for, and then just go up to him and go, um, oh no, someone having having heard that story, I should say, because they came up after three months and went, hey, how's your mum? And he's like, fine. And she's, and they were, they were <laughs> like, but, but, but what about the brain cancer? And he's like, what? And just... I don't know whether he'd just forgotten his own lie or whether he was just Jedi mind-tricking and then just like cleaning that story, you know, cleaning the slate yeah. of that story or what. But it was, yep. fuck, he just ended that story there and then. It was fucking bizarre. Just that arc yeah. over. Yeah. Yep. Damn, shout out to him. Yeah, just like I think he got influence from South Park where it was like, you know, sure, Kenny's dead, but he's back the next week. It's like, sure, my mum had oh, ca- yeah. well, brain cancer he- last week, but now she's she's fine. Different episode. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's – I mean, he's riding on Family Guy, so he's influenced by that. It's like yeah. Peter Griffin fights that giant chicken, gets all f- covered in scratches and cuts and bruises, and then the next scene he's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just another cartoon that, that uh, the, the writers of uh, Family Guy have ripped off. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, we've got to wrap up uh, talking Gibbo for this week. Yep. So, uh, yeah, thanks thanks for joining us. Shout out to the BBC. Mm. Check out The Bad Influence if you want a little, if you want a little quick 45-minute doco better yeah, if you wanna, hey, if yeah, if you wanna, if you want an excellent doco, check out Assassins. What about this? Fucking, what, what about this? Don't Tommy? read anything about it before you watch it. It's a great story. What, yep. what about this, Tommy? So, uh, as the as the as the final um, nail in the fake coffin of uh, Talking Gibbo this week, um, how about we uh, we went to, when we went to America? We drove through America years ago, and we did a bit of a stop in uh, Austin, and we did a bunch of uh, photos out the front of the houses that have been used in Friday Night Lights. Uh, now, I, oh, yeah. I think we can track down the house of um, of Gibbo. And how about we go – like, you, you can find pictures of her out the front of her own house online. What if we go and um, get some pictures out the front of Gibbo's house? That would be cool, I reckon. We could do that. I mean, we, we did – we had a listener who – we were talking about it last week, who DM'd us mm. to say that they live next door to her. Yeah. Did we get the did we get the coordinates? No. Did we get the exact no, address? No. But we could Well, I mean we could get it from this from this person. Yeah. Um yeah. and if it's if it's inside if it's inside the five kilometer radius yeah. for one of us. <laughs> yeah. I mean we wouldn't want to break the rules uh, unless we're inspired that would by be, the target that, herself. That would be a, yeah, that would be a great one for you to be in the paper for getting a huge fine for breaking the five kilometer radius for breaking the lockdown yeah. rules. Yeah. That that would take the cake of the guy driving like fifteen k for butter chicken last year to be like you know local idiot <laughs> fined for breaching COVID restrictions to get a photo out of cancer shyster's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get sprung just to see she walks out the door and I go quick, quick, Gibbo, get inside. Let's root. You're my bubble bu- bu- bubby, uh, uh, buddy. Uh, yeah, please, yeah. please, let's have sex. <laughs> get me out of this fix. Just do your best and start lying. Start lying about your situation right how- now. How old would her kid be now? Oh, the kid would have to be just about. She had the kid pretty young, right? Nearly double digits, I'd say. 
I reckon at least because she had the kid before all that stuff, before launching the app and stuff, didn't mm. she? Yeah, yeah. Because she because the guy talks about that like she's talking about that on the skateboard forum. So mm. that's like pre all that. Yep, so yeah, yeah. The kid must be like yeah. I mean that's that's got to be rough. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. Do, what if, know, what if you? I wonder if you like if you can break out of it and be like, yeah, I, I fucking hate my mom. She's she's a piece of shit for doing this. Or you know, some of those people they just become they're so they've just heard the story so much that they're just like they're fully bought in. They're like, no, it was a media beat up. Like, what if what if she's in school teaching today, and she's like a teacher's aide? I assume. I assume she wouldn't be a full on teacher. So she's a teacher's aide, and the the teacher of the class just wheels in the TV and the VCR and everything and pops in. The show from last night, the uh, bad influencer. The bad influencer. Oh, right. Yeah, or like, <laughs> yeah, or if she's like back in the news when her house got raided, and uh, she's popping up on behind the news. Yes, <laughs> just the teacher. The teacher just like chucking on BTN, mm. and they're showing, and they're showing Bell Gibson's house being raided by the drug squad. Yeah, and she's just like in the corner of the room <laughs> at the time. And that's the teacher's threat all the time. Like Bell. Do you want to do you want to go and get me a coffee? I'm not here to get you a fucking coffee. No worries. We'll wheel the TV in then. All right, all right. I'll get the coffee. Yep. Okay. No worries. Yep. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Well, we got to move on. We got to. Uh, we've got. Uh, we've got. We've both got big days ahead of us. We got heaps of stuff to do. And from out there in Melbourne. And at the again, moment. smooth segue from from a, a, a woman grifting people out of their money dishonestly to our yep. Patreon read. Uh, two absolutely very different things, of course. If you go right now to patreon.com slash little dum dum club, you can sign up and you can get two bonus episodes every week, two bonus mini episodes with great guests. Done a lot of great ones of them lately. People really enjoying them, so get on it and feed yourself some extra content. And most importantly, go into the drawer to get your name read out mm. in this segment. What you going to say? At random from the unplanned title alternator. Most importantly, we get we get paid out of it. That's how That's how we make money out of this podcast. So if you're in lockdown... If uh, you're one of those, if you're one of those lucky people that um, somehow uh, are in lockdown, you've been affected by this whole situation, but you still got a job and you're earning a good little, you've got a good little wicket there. If you if you own Amazon, if you're even earning earning more than you were before, if you are Jeff Bezos, uh, chuck in a few yep. shekels, get into it. Um, that'd be great. Yeah. Do your, do do the right thing. Um, all right, let's uh, let's crack on in. Let's find out. First cab off the rank. Thank you very much to Patreon subscriber Liam Thomas. Ooh, okay. The old uh, double first name. Yep. The uh, old uh, my my first name being used as a surname. Mm, not into it. Right. Not into it at all. Slander. Mm. Do not like me coming up the rear. Yeah. No, thank you. Mm. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, Liam, male male backwards. Any thoughts? Uh, Liam Not really Yeah okay Liam is one of those names that I think To other You know when you see other nationality sort of names And you go oh that's a weird one out of out of that I think Liam would be seen as a weird name to, to anyone else It's always, it's to always anyone who didn't speak English yeah, yeah Yeah it seems like a weird name to me <clears throat> The two L's Yeah I can I can see that yeah, I mean, it looks good even the, if you do speak The two L's, what, it's L-I-A-M. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I feel like I have seen I feel like I have seen it spelled with But you know L's. what? No, it's got that vibe. I completely agree with you. It's got the vibe mm. that it should have two L's. It should be yeah. double L-I-A-M. Yeah, it's it's got a, it's it's like got a phantom L in there somewhere. It feels like 
mm. feels like you you want to go and scratch the second L, but it's been <laughs> yeah, amputated. It. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, my name my name used to be Liam, and then I chopped an L out, and now I just see the I see that second L yeah. everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I keep going to spell it with two L's, and people go, "What the hell are you doing? Your name only has one yeah. L." And I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm traumatized. Yeah. It's actually kind of a brain injury that I have where I can't. <laughs> I can't get my brain to realize that there's not an L there. Yeah. <laughs> it still feels it still feels like you know like people are taking twice the amount of time to pronounce the L on my first name. It still feels like that. Sorry, I just can't get over it. I can't remember the last time I met a Liam. Really? Yeah. There's 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 one in comedy. There's one in comedy. Um there is two. Hmm. But I haven't seen him for a while. Right. I know, him, but I mean, I've known him for a little while. Yeah. I mean, like met a new like one, met a new Liam, a new Liam. Yeah, and also like, yeah, I don't really, uh, I don't really see him around all yeah. that often. Yeah. What about this? Um, in, in the same way that your name's Thomas, but you're, you're most mm-hmm. colloquially named uh, known as Tommy. What about Liam Tommy? Yep. Can you go? Can you go with that? We've talked about this before. Yeah. If you have, if your surname is a is a first name. That has a yeah, that has that kind of version. A nickname. Of it. Yeah. Are you allowed to just do that? I think you should be. Yeah, it's it's a lot catchier. You just go because it's like it's on the birth certificate. It's like, yeah, my parents called me Thomas because it's like, well, that's you know they they knew they were just going to call me Tom, but mm. it's like, well, that's the full version of it is Thomas. We'll put that on the birth certificate, and then presumably he can do what he wants. Maybe he'll at a certain age decide he wants to go by the full Thomas, or you know, he can. Chop it up, do whatever he wants with it. The surname should be the same thing. Well, you should be allowed to do whatever you want. Can you flip it. that that idea around the other way, where you go, uh, you know, your the old way of doing things is to name your kid Thomas, and then they've got the option to call themselves Tommy. These days, yep. you can call your kid just straight Tommy. Just fuck fuck off the the you know the the old school way yep. of doing it. Just go straight with Tommy. Yep. That's it. That's on the birth certificate. Tommy. Can you then go? Actually, I quite like Thomas. My nickname is going to be the proper. The proper noun. Can you go? Can you go back the other I'm way? I'm going back the other way, yeah. right? If you so, if you had kind of like hipster parents who were like, no, 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 on his birth certificate it says Tommy. I think that'd be acceptable, yeah. and in fact, probably a thing that would happen. Right. Like the the kid would probably get to a certain age and be like, "Fuck you, mum and dad." Yeah, I'm going by Thomas. That's my way of rebelling. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna go all pride and prejudice on your ass. Yeah, I'm gonna go back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there you go. There you go, Liam Thomas. That's uh, feel free uh, if you to to walk around with the, with the the name Liam Tommy and let us know how it goes. What about William Tommy? What if he extends Ooh. the first name back out and then he shortens William the Tommy? <laughs> William Tommy. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, done. Thanks, William Tommy. Thanks, Will Tom. Can you then go the full way and just change it into Bill? All of a sudden, his name's Billy Tommy. He's gone from Billy, Liam to good. William to Bill to Billy, Billy Tommy. Billy Tommy. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Done. That's good. Done. I knight thee. I dum dum knight thee, Billy Tommy. Um, <laughs> thanks, Billy. Uh, thank you very much to pro, to, gee, to Patreon subscriber Christopher Axiak. Christopher Axiak. Axiak. Have you ever heard of such a thing? A X I A Q. Say that again. A-X-I-A-Q. That's his last name. Axiac. Does that make any okay. sense to you? Is that is that le- yeah, is this legal? None. No. 
I think this is a malfunction in the UTA. Oh, right. First time for everything. Yeah, okay, of course. Um, yeah, sorry about that. This is like this seems like the the unplanned title alternator version of Tilt. Right. Where like yeah, we've you're clocked just it. Bang in the side of it. This we, is an error message that's come. Have up. Have we done all the names you can possibly do? And this is this is a sign <laughs> <laughs> that it's, it's just spitting out it's things just, that that yeah. don't make sense now. It's run out of actual Random names. Random letters. Right. Okay. Have this, boys. Yeah. Yep. I just googled Axiac. The first thing that comes up is a Maltese carpet shop. Uh, oh, yeah. And and by that I mean genuinely a shop in Malta that is selling carpets. Oh right, not like you can buy Melbourne uh, in Melbourne some Maltese carpets. Uh, some well, I couldn't tell if you meant like Maltese style carpets or a carpet shop like run by Maltese people. Well, before you run out, Maltese people. Before you run out to um to buy any, it is uh, permanently closed. Google Maps tells me. So sorry oh, about that. Apologies. All right, I'll just have to stick to Solomon's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so funny Like Solomon's is one of those brands That it's just like It's so funny to see that they still exist They've still got the little mascot Like I drove past one the other day They've still got like King Solomon Riding a magic carpet yeah. as their logo It's like it feels like the tide should have turned on this one by now Like they're still Still out there representing that in 2021 There was a great. There was a big misprint uh, the, a, a big big change in uh, Glen Ferry Road uh, My local digs There was a big carpet court and, uh, oh yep, yep. And uh, the other day they uh, they put new sign writing out the front, and uh, that's that was notable because there was a big old misprint in the old one that was there for years, and I would always look at it on the way past and like take pictures of it and send it to people that you know that that <laughs> knew anything about graphic design. And go that's and just go just take a picture of it and send it to someone and go that's you, that's your work. You did yeah, this. Yeah, great. Yep. Did you see there was a uh, a list of um, uh, corona exposure sites in Victoria, I think, yesterday, and they'd like the little graphic that they put up on social media, they misspelled Richmond. It's like that's got to be – that's got to be devastating for whoever in the office has right. done that one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like I saw people just like roasting it. And it's like <laughs> I don't know, man. Like it's like that's your local Coles. You should probably go and get tested. Like I think you're focusing on the wrong part of this graphic. Yeah. Uh, no. I don't go to Coles Richmond. Yeah. I go to Coles Richmond. I won't be getting tested. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I, that's uh, yeah. That's the wrong spelling. <laughs> oh, you're a real idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Are they still um a carpet court still rocking the carpet court jester? Another uh, great um. It's a little bit another great carpet chain mascot. Yeah, it's a little bit subtle. Um, I think it, 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 around my way, I don't think there's anything on the front. That's for sure. The, I, I haven't seen the ads for a little while, but I mean, it is an odd one to have, sort of like a you know, like a Ronald McDonald of carpet, where you know you're not selling carpet to five year olds. You're not you, getting kids invested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like how many kids go, "Mummy, mummy, we need to go to carpet court." Not, not any of the other carpets because we want to see the jester. Okay, no problem. No worries. Let's but they are. But but yeah. I mean, um, uh, Solomon's had the uh, the had the um, the the mascot. The they on had the, the guy carpet. on the magic carpet. Yeah. yeah. Why was it all carpet chains were like we need we mm, need a mascot? We, what was the what was the link with carpet that was like we need it? Is it because like rugs and carpets are like so boring? I reckon you just have like a bit of that, a bit of the floor on an ad. You need to like jazz it up a bit, a bit of that, and also probably carpet companies. Are, like who's who's making a new carpet company? They're all from the seventies. Mm. They're all from like That's ages true. ago. 
So no one's coming up with a new carpet and going, all right, we need, this is how we're going to structure our business. It's all people from the, the companies from the 70s, so they've had those logos. Like back then everyone thought, oh, we need a mascot, we need a logo, we need, we need this sort of thing. So all those sort of things are probably carried over from 40 years ago, I reckon. Well, so there's that, and then there's that, and then there's also like the fact that they kind of the both mascots seem to kind of exist within the same universe because you've got the king Solomon, mm. and then you've got the carpet court jester. Yeah. So I wonder if it was like the carpet court jester was first, and then Solomon's went. Well, we need a mascot that outranks this cunt. Right. This is how we're going to assert dominance in the industry. Yeah. We're going to have our guy. Be the guy who's got the carpet court jester on the payroll. Right. We're going to have the guy who's like ordering him in. This is how we're going to show carpet court who's boss. I thought maybe it might be a bit of like the, the the bloke on the flying rug was first, and then it was like, yeah, there's a lot of lot of racist customers that want carpet but don't want to buy anything associated with the Middle East. Can we have something a bit more genteel? Can we have something from England, maybe? And that's where they've got or the jester. Even the from. fact that just like the carpet court jester is like he's for the people. It's like people can't relate to the king. It's like this guy's sitting there. He's telling everyone what to do. Right. It's like you know the the carpet court jester is more in line with the common man. You know he's just he's just out there trying to earn a living. Bit, bit of know, a just- bit of a come in for a laugh and a rug. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a curry in a curry and a carpet bag. Yeah, that's what, that's what's happening there. Um, but yeah, Christopher Axiac. Right. I'm not really sure what um, what you could have possibly copped um, in your life with that name. Um, mm. I, I, I certainly don't know what to do with Axel it. Rose. You've got when you've got an X and a Q, and then three vowels. It's like it's a fucking wild mix. Yeah, you haven't got like a, a going on you haven't there. got one normal consonant in there. <laughs> yeah, you fuckhead. Yeah, lift your game. <laughs> Whatever's going on. All right, on well, there. thanks, Christopher. Thanks, Chrissy. Thanks, Chrissy Axiak. Uh, thank you very much to Patreon subscriber Alistair Watson. Ooh, mm. la da. Yeah. From Axiak to the it's most English name of all time. It's very tough sounding. Yeah. yeah, very high society. Yep. So, Alistair Watson. Yep. So straight off the Orient Express, uh, yep. surviving the, the murder. Miss, yep. Sucked off uh, Miss Marple, and uh, here he is. That's it. Alistair generations Watson. upon generations of inbreeding yep. in the Watson family, <laughs> and then and then we meet young that's, Alistair. That's that's the number one pickup line for the Watson family. Watson, I presume, and just rooting another Watson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They got their yep. own Tinder, but just um, for people with the surname Watson. Yeah, you don't. You don't. Um, you don't. Bring the radius in by kilometres. You bring it in by branches on the family tree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Royal family Tinder. That's it. Now there you go. There's a good. Uh, there's a, there's a funny fella's sketch for you. There's, there's a, a sketch. sketch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I man, I, I I meant to say like I said that on the show what last week on the on the normal show last week. But that's that should be a uh, funny fella's character, which is uh, uh, magic open mic. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so some conspiracy theater, uh, conspiracy theorist, some idiot open micer, some bloke who doesn't wash properly, um, just just coming out as a stripper and just bombing right. as a stripper, doing five minutes of new, and like re- you know bringing out with a notebook 
out in the strip venue and like reading off the notebook and going, oh, okay, I might try some new and just takes off his socks on stage and goes, yeah, that was oh, new. Oh, yep. That was new. Yep, um, yep, yep, yep. Maybe starts stripping sitting like, on the stool, like trying to go, trying to go. Um, oh, yep. You know, yep. like and Louis C.K. Like, style or something. Takes his, takes his shirt off and on his chest he's got written and then my dad fucked me. Yeah, yeah. Just like a hack, like really bad open mic. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Stripping. I think we've talked about this before, but if you go to enough like open mic competitions, you realise that like very new comedians are like always obsessed with the idea of incest. Yeah. In the sense that like every I, – I went to one not all that long ago that was like – Every all these people doing like their first gigs, and it's like all of them had at least one punchline that was like them fucking their mum. Yeah, <laughs> and it's and like literally them going, and then mum sucked me off. Yeah. and just people in the crowd like, ugh. It's like why is that like the fu-? like I get that like trying to be taboo or whatever, and not to be like prudish or whatever. Like obviously, like be as gross as you want, but when it's like you saying. I've committed this disgusting crime. Yep. It's like that's not really what being taboo is. That's just like that's just like really fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And es- and especially when you've heard this horrible act happening four times within half an hour at this open right. mic night as well. Right. Yeah, so there'd be something like that in Magic Open Mic. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It's uh is it a bit too highfalutin for the uh for the funny fellas? Uh, oh look, I, I, I not not if I, Magic Open Mic was was doing then my dad fucked me jokes as he's taking his clothes off. I there think, you go. I think. Yeah, that's the secret element. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh thanks. All right. Thanks um Alistair Watson. Thanks, yeah. Alistair. We better we better keep going with these actually. Um better crack on. Thank you very much. Uh yeah, yeah, talking gibbo went a bit over time. And um yeah. I mean, look, the the boys at at Little Dum Dum Club kept it kept it pretty tight this week, but um unfortunately no, they didn't. Oh, didn't they? Oh. <laughs> no, they did not. Oh, damn. <laughs> okay, well everyone's fucked us this week. Everyone around us, all of our co-workers. There's been a, uh, there's been a super spreader event of sticky feet right. <laughs> this week. <laughs> well, there you go. There's a bit more from uh, Magic Open Mic. Just it's just a stripper staying on light on on. Uh, oh, he does too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, needs yeah. the light. Yeah, all the women have already, already all the women have already come in the audience. Yeah. And he's just yeah. still. He's still doing helicopters with his with his dick. Like after <laughs> half an hour, it's like the magic's worn off, mate. Like we get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the 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 Dave Thornton or the or the limo of uh, male stripping. So mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you very much to Patreon subscriber Amber Jennings. Oh, have we had a Jennings before? I don't know. It doesn't ring a bell. Um, I mean, look, it's the sort of name that would absolutely. Not ring a bell to me, to be fair, because I have no connection to that name in any way. It wouldn't. It wouldn't stick oh, in my well, memory. I, I mean, yeah, we're slightly different generations. So, for anyone my age, you think of uh, famed children's author Paul Jennings. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, uh, great series of books that were the inspiration for the Round the Twist television series. Well, look, so, uh, uh, you know what? I'm of the I'm of the the age and the ilk of yes, enjoying the books when they first come when he first started. But not, but being mm. a bit old for Round the Twist, the TV show and stuff Around like that. Round the Twist, yeah, yeah, I would say. Yeah. But he enjoyed the books. I mean, they're, I, they're, yeah, they're all the same. They're all the same stories. But he, his, his books are great. Um, they were great kids' books in the sense that they, they didn't talk down. They were like kind of weird, kind of fucked up, 
and you, you'd read them and you'd feel like a little bit uncomfortable, but it's like that felt cool. It's like, oh, this is this is strange stuff what's happening here. I, well, you know what would be cool is if – well, not cool, but interesting and, and fucked. If – you know there's like sort of a bit of a, a, a run at the moment of cartoonists, like newspaper cartoonists getting older and going from left wing to right wing and just getting – being old cranks and being fucked in the head or falling off balconies or whatever brain injury they're getting in whatever yep. way. But they're going from, from you know, your, your natural your natural way of leaning as an art in any form of art is generally left. And for some reason these cartoonists are just going right wing as they hit their 60s and 70s. be good if these yep. children's book authors all of a sudden start, you know, kept putting these books out for like four and five and six-year-olds and they're just all the characters in there are wearing red caps from now on and, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't – the so election could, was rigged. Because Paul Jennings's books were all kind of had a similar naming convention where they were like – what were they like? Unreal, unbelievable. Like they all started with "un." So, yeah. what would his? What's like? What's the right wing? <laughs> what's the old man right wing version of one of them? Oh, like uh, um, un- unconstitutional. What's like a very, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that guy he always had like the same illustrator do all the covers, like the kind of very detailed like pencil drawings. Yeah. So it's just like some kid's like eyes like exploding and he's yeah, wearing yeah. like a MAGA hat. And he's just, and, yeah, he's just yeah. looking at, at um, Joe Biden getting sworn in. And he's like, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever, I think this is probably like late period Jennings. This is probably, you're too old for this, but um, the gizmo. Did you, were you reading no. Paul Jennings when he was I, I tell you, I, like I a, tell you what my era it was, was the, I think there were three books that came out that were like unreal, unbelievable like yep. they all had those, and then the fourth one was like quirky tales, and I remember just being in grade four or something and going, "Ah, oh, he's fucked he's fuck this!" Like, well, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you've got the run of three. You know, you've got this is your brand, Geno. You know, the the yep, descriptive, yep. the unbelievable, the sort of exclamation mark at the end of the 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 title, and then you've just gone with this weird sideways move into quirky tales no this is not quirky you tales is like first draft title idea of like the first book he's ever done before he's like well, this, oh i'll call it that, unreal and then i could do like unbelievable for the next one that's the publisher suggestion right there just you know yeah, why don't you yeah, yeah. pop out a few more of your little quirky tales there jeno and he's just gone yeah. fuck it i've got nothing else that's what we're going with but he had, a, he had a series called The Gizmo. I think he did like three of them. And The Gizmo was like this little kind of orb that in – different character in each book, but they would always find The Gizmo. And The Gizmo from memory, it basically it, – it would kind of like um, – it would kind of like fuck with you. It was this like little robotic thing that like would make your clothes disappear and, you know, so you're <laughs> at the pool and then you're naked in front hang of on, everyone. Hang on, hang on. I think it was like – I think it basically it could prank you, but it could also – I think if you – oh, man, someone's going to correct me about this, but it was basically it, – it would always start with, like, the main character being tormented by the gizmo and then they would, like, work out a way to make the gizmo kind of work for them. So, like, a kid that's bullying them at school, the gizmo would then sort of, like, prank them instead, I think. Right. But it was basically, like, what is this fucking weird thing that's following me around? I can't get rid of it and it's, like, ruining my life. Um, it's like if you're thinking I don't want this to happen, then the gizmo just kind of like makes it happen. But so if Paul Jennings goes right wing and reboots the gizmo and it's just basically like it's just on the screen of the gizmo, it's just like COVID is a hoax right. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay. Man, this is this is uh, <laughs> this 
Is, is he still pumping them out? Is he still doing kids' books? Or what, is, he, is, he, really, is he retired I on his Round the Twist Millions? Yeah, I saw – let me look him up because I did see – I got like a sponsored ad for like a real estate um, – .com.au thing recently that was like about how he'd sold his house for a lot of money, which just seems like a seems like kind of a weird thing to be promoting. Right. Uh, where is it? Paul Jennings. He yes, yes. He's put out a new book. He's put out a memoir. Right. Untwisted: The Story of My Life. Here we go. Damn, I might read that. He seems like a cool guy. Right. Well. Personal at life. the moment, Let's check. at the moment, until he until he veers right. Jennings first married age twenty two. He has six children and is a great grandfather. Is he actually says right wing to me? A very good grandfather, or does is, does his grand <laughs> grandchildren have kids? <laughs> <laughs> you, now you are a dad. There we go. Is, there we go. That is some incredible dad stuff. Thank you. Uh, what's the last thing he wrote? I don't think he's written. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just done this. Um, He's done this memoir. Oh no, he's still got yeah, he's still got some kids' books coming out. Okay. Don't look now. The unforgettable what's his name? Paul Jennings Unreal, the ultimate collection. Thirty Ooh. stories in thirty years. The box Damn, set. That's, that's awesome. All right. Oh no, it's like a best of. Paul has personally collected uh, selected thirty tales from his entire collection to mark the occasion of the thirtieth anniversary of his first book. Damn, that would be a great gift for like a you know, a nephew that's just started reading or a niece that's just started reading or something. Yeah, but do they do they want do they want a book where it says oh the best of the thirty years? It's like it's like oh dad, I don't want the Rolling Stones of fucking children's books. I want the new shit. I want the new breed of books where everything has something to do with someone doing a big old TikTok. fart or something coming out of a fucking bum or whatever it is. Or even better, some fucking comedian looking to try and make a few bucks and and popping out a first draft of a, a fucking idea <laughs> and making a, a children's book in lockdown. I'd love to know. I mean, I think I don't know. I think they're pretty um I think his I think his stories are pretty evergreen. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Maybe someone out there has a maybe someone listening has a kid that they've introduced to Paul Jennings and they can let us know whether uh whether whether Paul Jennings still tracks is, is, with the youth of he, today. Is he still got it? Is he still got it, yeah. or is there a lot of um, a lot of you know stories he's got these days with genies popping out of a Fanta bottle and and then having three wishes and the kid all three wishes is to get rid of Muslims. You know, is it going a bit like yeah. that this, these days? <laughs> I I am kind of I would like to read his mum memoir, but it is making me think of when I was a little kid. My dad read um, Roald Dahl's memoir. Oh, yes, and he was always trying to get me to read that when I was young. He's yeah. like, oh, it's so good. Boy and going solo, you've got to read him. Yep. And I was always like, why do I want to read about this cunt's boring life yeah. when I can read his other shit about chocolate factories yeah. and witches and yeah. peaches and big giant cunts? Yep. Dad's like, no, nah, he went to the war. And, it, you know, I was like, <laughs> I was like 11. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I, I mean, now I'm sure I'd love it, but like, yes, yeah. I reckon I copped a bit of that as well. I think the, the people, at the, the teachers at school, I was going to say the people at school, they're called teachers. Yeah, that's who they were. Um, <laughs> they, I think they tried to force boy on a little bit early. It's like, yeah, not yeah, in for the autobiography yeah, yeah. at this age, this age quite yet. Sorry, guys. Yeah, pretty keen on basically one step up from cartoons and that's all I've got in me at, the, at, at this point. It's a it is a good move though if you're the children's author like you go from yeah the it's like um it's like Peter Coombe playing the corner hotel yeah you know? like yeah grow with your audience you, you get them hooked on the witches and then you go here's all my 
Yep, here's all my stories about meeting the miso. Yeah. Check yeah, it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, anyway, Amber Jennings, that's you. Um, yep. <laughs> that's your dad. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, Paul, Paul may have transitioned into, into Amber. Who knows? We don't know. Um, thanks, thanks, Amber. What if Amber was actually a relation? Thanks, that would be yeah. the, the ultimate twist in this little tale. Um, all right, we've got time for one more. We are, we are going long, officially going long. Yep. I, I am going to leave this recording and go and get, uh, get, go and get the jab. So, uh, oh, right. mm. I'm going to go, uh, I got to, I was going to go today, but I got to finish editing the app. I might go tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I might go and, and say, give me all you got and they'll be, um, they'll be running out tomorrow. So, uh, fill me up. Good luck. Uh, okay. I'm holding out until actually I was going to hold out until they make one that's more risky than AstraZeneca. Oh, okay. Um, I, I want I want to guarantee that it's going to fucking wipe me out. Right. There's no better vaccination than being six feet under, if you ask me. Is so the- that's, that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> well, disease can't live on a dead person, you know. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think. Can I? Can I say this? Can I say that the new, the new um, I've been so- socially isolating for years. The new one of that is the people that get the jab and then go, ha, I've got 5G now. Is that is that the new one? Uh, I can't say I've seen all that much of it. I've seen, seen it a couple of times, whack. but definitely fair yeah, whack. Okay, I, I haven't I haven't noticed it as much, but it uh, y- yes, you're it has all the same hallmarks in that it's like it's it's the easy one. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's the it's the joke someone made a long time ago, and everyone's like, "Well, I guess we all do it now." Like Jesus Christ, yeah. we get it, we get it. Um, so I'll be I'll be popping up on Instagram and making a joke just like that later today. Um, where are you? Uh, where are you heading to? Where are you going to go get it done? Um, uh, Wuhan. I figure you know they made oh, it. Okay, they made it, so they can fix it. It's like amnesia on TV. Mm. You just get the whack in the head, and yeah. then the whack in the head fixes it from the the, the same sort of yeah, way. Yeah, well, it's like. Yeah, you want to get the um, you want to get a pizza in Naples. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> the birthplace. <laughs> um, all right, one more, one more. I've, I've, I don't want to. Um, I don't want to. I don't want the um, the vaccine to get cold. I want to get there while it's still piping hot. Um, yep. So, uh, all right, one more. Okay, thank you very much to Patreon subscriber. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Well, th- yeah. Look, this is slightly. Slightly, look. There's a couple of things weird about this one. It's it it, it it relates back to something we've been talking about. Actually, it's a very weird coincidence. But also, it's a bit weird in that usually we have people subscribe. This seems to be some sort of product product endorsement. It says this here on the age that while you've been talking, they've run out of vaccines. <laughs> I know. <so>. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we keep talking till next week when they fill up again. Um, <laughs> So this, yeah, this is weird. This is this is not a person. This is almost a, a product endorsement. That's okay. Anyway, I guess I, I, all I can do is just read what it says here. Uh, thank you very much too. Astonishing comedy, the new book from Paul Jennings. Um, yeah, oh, right. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. This. Uh, I would have thought, given that it was on this show, you'd say uncomedy. But anyway. Oh, okay. Right. Well. <laughs> sure. That. That's. Look, as as Paul Jennings is getting older, he's obviously not as good at this as he was before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. He's sure. gone a bit quirky yeah. tails. He's gone the wrong. He's pulled the wrong lever there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, go out there and get um, astonishing, astonishing comedy. It sounds great. There's um, 
there's a there's a funny little tale in here where someone where a little uh, like a seven year old boy goes and gets the vaccine and guess what he then gets five G internet um, in his oh, brain. Wow. Pretty cool twist, huh? Yeah, I mean, I the, I I I would be ra- the internet is so bad in this new house that it's like yeah, if that was true, like I think I hate seeing that joke because it's like. Don't tempt me. Mm. I'd love to have fucking 5G coursing through my brain. Yeah, yeah. If I got some kind of good signal in this house while we're having to do shit over Zoom, fucking nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Well, get your, get your girlfriend all vaxxed up and uh, let her be the guinea pig and uh, come home and uh, upload the app in two minutes rather than an hour. Plug her into the laptop. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks, Astonishing Comedy, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, thanks, everyone, who supports the show. Patreon.com slash Little Dum Dum Club. Get yourself two bonus eps every week. Uh, we will see you next time. See you, see mates. See you, mates.